man. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. We don't have time for it! Hold on to your butt. PA and charge. Football feast. Wintersville. a Friday football feast on a Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. The Minnesota Vikings are in first place. Can I get a witness, ladies and gentlemen? Can I get a witness from Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood? And the tiebreaker over the Packers. Uh, tie- it's it's like being up one and a half. Tiebreaker over the Packers. Can I get a witness, ladies yes. and gentlemen? At Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood for the old Tuesday feast. What up? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the co-host of the fra- the Tuesday Football Feast mm. at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood with Fanball.com. Can I get a raucous round of applause for my main man, Paul Charchian? Yay! Uh-huh. Yay! Thank you very much. The host of 9 to Noon, the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Hi, aw shucks, hi. PA and Charge. Formerly bass player for the Allman Brothers, guiding the Great Ship Love Covenant, Jared Wells, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a standing ovation? And the beauty that is our promotion staff, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a witness right now? (laughs) 
And because he never has the opportunity to come to the feast, and he loves wings, and he loves beer, and he loves Buffalo Wild Wings, and everything that goes with wing, wings, beer, and sports, he's back at the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. Make it loud for the producer, Nordo, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Nordquist. He's with us in spirit for the Friday, the Tuesday football feast. I love it, baby. Woo! How about my main man, Keith, over here? Retired. It's a Tuesday feast. Makes uh, generally all of the feasts. Yes. Including the uh, the weird Tuesday feast in Maplewood. Round of applause for the biggest fan of the feast, ladies and gentlemen. Never misses a feast. Never misses a feast. How about that? And he's already three Bloody Marys. Yeah. I mean, not bad. With retirement, some people will go to Las Vegas. They'll spot up on games. They'll go to Florida. They'll go to Arizona. They'll travel. They'll jump in the RV. They'll go to racetracks across the Great Divide. He follows the feast. <laughs> follows the feast. Give him another. Round it's like of following the it's dead. A Tuesday, damn it, and it's chilly yeah. outside, and it's windy, windy, and we're in something called Maplewood right now. Uh, if you are a Cleveland Browns fan, the Vikings play the Cleveland Browns in London this weekend. Uh, Cleveland is 0-7 this year, 1-15 last year. I think Cleveland has won one of its last 25 or 26 games, something like that. Uh, now, is that road games, or are you talking just overall? Overall. Well, they went 1-16 last year. 1-15. Sorry, thank you. 1-7 this year. 0-7 this year. Yeah. So, there's, so and, there's a bunch of them right and there. And I think in 2015, they lost their final three games. Mm. They beat um, they beat like the Niners with four games to go in 2015. So it's one and a million for these Browns. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan... Could you have watched Mon- could you watch Monday Night Football last night with no, Carson Wentz? Knowing the- you passed on Wentz. How about that? Ugh. I mean, okay, not only did they pass on Deshaun Watson for the Houston Texans, who looks like he has some stud to him. Yes. Carson Wentz, we already know Bismarck's finest has stud to him. He does. If you're a Browns fan or somebody with Browns personnel, can you even watch that game? You know, on one hand, I think it's 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 very gutty of the Browns front office to basically say we don't think there's a quarterback requisite and we're not gonna we're not going to reach for one. That's a great call. But they've been wrong. That's the problem with Holy that theory. Cow. And if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have an NFL team. You yeah. just you can't win without a quarterback. So yeah. you it, it, invariably, if you don't have one, you basically have to you have to go reach for one and try to find solutions. Mm-hmm. Try to find a guy. Even if you don't think Carson Wentz is worthy of the first overall pick, yeah. you still take him with the first overall pick or and or Carson Wentz with the first overall pick. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Or uh, um, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, thank yeah. you. Um, just because you, you don't have one, you, you've got to try to make it work. Right. And then, you know, you might go, you might do what, what the Redskins did with Kirk Cousins and RG3. Yeah. Maybe take a couple of them. You just, you have to find solutions. Browns haven't done that. And now... Now look at their situation this week. We don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Right. They've had two different starting quarterbacks each of the last two weeks. And then the third guy ended up being their quarterback this past week for most of the most of the last game. So Cody Kessler. So and it's an utter disaster quarterback and has been basically from inception since the, since the team was ripped away from the city of Cleveland. So you would, 1999. I mean, you back. absolutely would think, as I would guess, nine, ten-point favorites in this game, the Vikings should move to 6-2. and two. The Vikings' defense, yes. arguably, absolutely, is the best overall defense in the NFL. Can I get a witness on that, the Vikings' defense, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I got a fantasy football guy here, but like the Vikings defense scores a bunch of points because of the sacks and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I was at Winter Park yesterday for a few hours um, taking care of unfinished family business and in chatting with um, defensive coordinator George Edwards. 
I'm not going to say he and the defensive staff are perplexed with what's coming up this weekend, Mm -hmm. but it's trickier than you would think because of the unpredictable nature of what they're (laughs) going to do with their quarterback. Well, yeah. And and they um and I heard a lot of Duke Johnson talk yesterday. It's like Isaiah Crowell's there between the tackles guy. Yeah, not as worried about him. When Kenny Britt is not missing curfew and not, you know, getting four targets and two catches. I guess they're throwing the ball to Duke and they're running it with Duke. And yep. I mean, if it's Cody Kessler, Deshaun Kaiser, or and or Kevin Hogan, seriously, who cares, right? Well, here's the deal on Duke Johnson. He's their designated pass catching back, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Here's what the Vikings have done to these other good pass catching backs this year. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, elite pass catching back, twenty yards. Wow. Le'Veon Bell, elite pass catching back, four yards. Holy these God. are through the air yards. Uh, Theo Riddick, elite pass catching back, eight yards. Tariq Cohen, negative six yards. Damn. Ty Montgomery, three yards. And then Bunk Allen, 29 yards. Who? That's it, Bunk Allen. Right. Last week, 29 right. yards. Right. So that's it. I mean, you average that out, it's about 12 yards per on average that hey. they give up through the air to running backs. The, I'm not that worried about, about Duke Johnson, to be honest. i got to get a witness. Hold on. It is a Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. The Vikings play the Browns Sunday in London, 830 Cornfields. Can I get a witness and a round of applause for that statistical analysis my man <laughs> my man just delivered on a Tuesday for a game on a Sunday? I mean, come on now, George. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson is probably their best weapon yeah. and their most reliable That's weapon. That's what I was hearing but yesterday. the Vikings, and I think Anthony Barr in particular, has done a great job of diffusing all of these really good pass-catching running backs yeah. that have come at them at the cor- through the course of the season. Okay, well, let's let's dive more deeply. Uh, what about the Kane, the rookie tight end, David Njoku? Yeah, well, he's two catches a game on average. That's uh, nice. He has three touchdowns, but it's right. only two catches a game. So great, he's David so, Morgan. Yeah, maybe he's David Morgan. Okay, that's I'm I'm not I'm not that worried about him to be honest. And you know, for that matter, you know, until they get a quarterback, you can't. You know, none of those receivers particularly worry me. Vikings have, as you know, been very good against the pass. Yeah, and actually, statistically, the Vikings. Would be even better. Right now, they rank around 10th in yards. They're about 10th in, in uh, touchdowns allowed through the air, Paul. But yeah. they give up a lot. They've given up a lot of long drives at the ends of meaningless games. Okay. They did last week where they gave up 87-ish yards almost all through the air at the end on the final drive garbage time last week. Yeah. That happened against the Buccaneers. You know, late game garbage time stuff where they're just, you know, there and prevent, don't care. Mm-hmm. Did that against the Saints. Three long drives that have really where the Vikings have, yeah. you know, been you know not necessarily trying to yeah. know, pull out their pull out all the stops. So we fifty five minutes defensively. We fifty five minutes for Doe. We yes. five minutes for Show. Exactly because we don't because the team's been up. The team's to, fortunately has been way up ahead. Yeah. in you know lopsided wins, which is a luxury to have. So uh, is that what you were doing when we met at Caribou when you were looking online? Mm. No. Viking Super Bowl tickets, yes. U.S. Bank Stadium, yeah, Super Bowl that's, 52. That, that is what I was doing. I mean, come on. That's right. Let's play so, the game now, in the House of Pain. Speaking of which, um, there are a lot of people listening that are thinking about uh, th- planning it for the Super Bowl, thinking about can they turn their house into a cash cow that week. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of people this week, yeah. and both buyers and, and people are thinking about renting their house. Holy cow. This is like a $10,000 decision for the week of the Super Bowl really? if you're somewhere near, somewhere near downtown. But what if they push the wrong button on the remote and you can't get your TV to work all of February? Well, there's that, right? I mean, I'd yeah. pay $10,000 to not have to deal with a complex remote. <laughs> well, think about it. I understand that. What if they mess up the Wi-Fi? Or, what like, would it be if the assuming, let's assume the Vikings aren't in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. 
what would you give? What would it? And it, and let's just say you're either you want to spend that you want to spend that week. Let's yeah. say in Las Vegas. Okay. What you know? How much money do you want to give up your house for the let some stranger week what, up to the Super yep, Bowl? Week of the Super Bowl, Monday to Monday. Damn. What would it, what would you want to make on your mm. house to have some strangers come in live in your house for one week? Two thousand a day. Two thousand a day. Yeah, I need twelve you can, grand. You can get that yeah, if you if you grand. depending on where you live, you yeah. can get that cash. Yes, cash. not taxed. Well, that wouldn't that be nice? Well, that's that, ideal. I, of course, I would pay the taxes though, right? Of course, you yeah, would it'd be ten ninety nine. Upstanding. That's right. Upstanding yeah, exactly. citizen that you are. Yeah, we need more ten ninety nine. If you've not? got a condo downtown, yeah. you're that's the kind of money you're going to get. Hell if yeah. you've got a condo downtown, your walking distance, you're going to get two thousand dollars. You day. know, it um it is widely considered or widely thought that the San Diego Chargers moved to Los Angeles so they could get to the uh, the nation's second biggest market, share this glitzy new stadium that's going to open in a few years, and um, and experience the profitability the National Football League has when you move to a big city. Right. That's what the national notion is as to why they became the Los Angeles Chargers. You may you may not you may not remember this. Yeah. You and I broke down this move shortly yeah. after it happened, like you know March. But I know um, the real reason. Okay. The real reason is they lost to the Cleveland Browns last year. <laughs> I mean, it was Cleveland's Disgrace. only. Yeah. So I mean, it's yes. like the, the fans were like, "Mr. Spanos, please take them." Yes. <laughs> we we don't care if they move to Los Angeles or to Guam, Hawaii, wherever you want to put them. We just lost to the Browns. Yes. So please move this team. Yeah, get get it out of our town. Right. The um. Yeah, a horrible move, by the way, and one in which I think a a a better commissioner would reverse effectively reverse that move, uh-huh. and ideally put them back in San Diego. But even then, right? If you can't work meanwhile, it out in San Diego, you go. You're going to go somewhere else. Meanwhile, Los Angeles Chargers on fire have won three consecutive have, games and just won, won a home game. And, okay? have, and by the way, with no home field advantage at all. Really? You're playing in front of no fans. You're playing in front of less of your own fans yeah. by a big margin. That's for now. Way less of your own fans yeah. than you are playing in front of yeah. the opposing team's fans. The, the ultimate in bandwagon. And you know what? I mean, why? like the Houston Astros a few years ago, Houston losing 100, 105, 107 games. Yeah. They, I, I saw some pictures of this online and, and read a little clip on it where they were getting like 6,000 people a game at uh, Minute Maid or wherever sure. they play, and their TV ratings were like one, two, two and a half. Wow. You know, something yeah. like that for, for, the, for the Nielsen ratings or whatever. So, I mean, it was completely off the radar. Now, places packed, TV ratings are through the uh, proverbial roof because they are playing the well, World Series. Well, they win. Well, season. yeah, I mean, they're winners. People like to follow a winner, of well, course. Well, that's you know, what they're... I'm saying with the, the L.A. Chargers. I mean, now they won three in a row. They just beat the bleep out of Denver at home. Well, but so's they, the Rams. But they... the Rams are 5-1. and one. No, sorry, 5-2. and two. Yeah. Rams are 5-2. and two. They have the third seed. If and you're So you're still. But they played... And they were there first. The Rams were there first. Yeah. So I think the Rams gobbled up. The sort of mutable fan base in Los Angeles. Yeah. The 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 fan the football fans were waiting for a team to come. Yeah. They glommed onto the Rams, and now the Rams are a good team. They're Same. Five, they're five and two. So that's you know. I, then now there's the Chargers who lost the first three games of the season. Yeah. I think it, for whatever little fans and interest there might have been, that may have already collapsed. Mm-hmm. I don't know the I don't know the three game winning streak is going to turn it around for the Chargers. This is the football feast on a Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. Paul Charchian, Paul Allen, Jared Wells, promotion staff, Miko Nordo, Bryant uh, Heating and Cooling Studios on the West Bend Mutual Insurance set list today. 
Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com will be on the radio show at about 9.35. Wabi from Vikings.com on air, on site, on demand, and on fire at 9.55. And Matt Burke to talk about the Burke Bowl. He played for the Ravens and Vikings. Uh, Vikings beat the Ravens over the weekend. Matt Burke, Super Bowl winning center for the Ravens. He'll be here at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood at about 10.55. When we return, uh, more on the Vikings and Browns, more on the Vikings, and um, some some suggested fantasy football pickups for this weekend. PA in charge, Buffalo Wild Wings, Maplewood, don't leave. Football Feast. It's PA in charge on the fan. Charge. High fives for everybody. It is a football feast at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. It's PA in charge. If you are in the vicinity, stop by and say hello. Uh, We will be here until noon. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, about 20, 25 minutes from now. Uh, part of the conversation will be the 5-2 first-place Minnesota Vikings taking on uh, the ever-beatable Cleveland Browns this weekend from uh, London. The uh, pregame show on the fan begins at 6.30 a.m. That's Sunday. Vikings football Sunday, main man must, 6.30 a.m. Uh, be there for the boom at 8.30 in the morning. After that, Vikings chill. Uh, in the business, we call it the bye week. Uh, after that charge, we come out, we catch Kirk Cousins at yep. FedEx Field. Then we get Jared Goff. And the LA Rams here. Yeah, that you know that looked like a that looked like an auto win in the preseason. We were right. going through the schedule. Oh no, not at all anymore. Right now, the Vikings. If the playoffs started the day yeah. today, the Vikings would be the two seed. The Rams would be a three seed. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, then after that, in um, can't exactly remember the order, but it is three consecutive road games where you catch Matt Ryan. Cam Newton, who wants nothing to do with Mike Zimmer and never has, <laughs> no, and Matt Stafford on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it's um, you know, in this, in this, how about that? The third of three straight road games is a Thursday, right? Well, short week terrorism. Yes, um, but um, you know, in the in the carousel, the uh, proverbial merry-go-round of uh, the, these teams the Vikings have faced, which which legitimately and fairly has bolstered a fair amount of defensive numbers. Vikings defense on all levels is looking to have some extremely good to potentially elite to it with mm-hmm. Everson Griffin, Anthony yes. Barr, Harrison Smith, and Xavier Rhodes, and Limbaugh Joseph specifically. I, it's, it's the most complete defense in the NFL. Ball. There you go. They're, you know, Jacksonville's a better pass defense. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, Eagles and, and are probably a better run defense, but you want across the board, right. the Vikings have the best defense in the NFL. But you look at uh, Flacco with that super special 5.4 yards per attempt. Wallace yep. knocked out of the first quarter. Yep. Before that, Rodgers knocked out. You get Brett Hundley. You get Mitch Trubisky in his debut. Mm-hmm. So out of the bye, at Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff here, Ryan, Newton, Stafford. It's about to get funky up yeah, in this thing. It's, yeah, the, 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 the quality of the test will be much better after the, uh, or worse depending on how you look at it. Yeah, after I can't the bye. wait. Yeah, we'll learn a lot more about the Vikings. And I think, you know, there's a lot of trepidation from Viking fans because we've, we've been here before at 5-2. and two. We yeah. were 5-2 and two at this stage last year. Yeah. You know how it worked out, but I, this has got a totally different vibe to it right now. And maybe it's just because the Vikings have won, what is it, four of the last five or yeah. something in that ballpark. Three in a row. Three in a row, four of the last five. And um, 
And so you're feeling a lot better at five and two today than we were at five yeah. and two last year. Well, and you got the Rogers situation. I mean, where yeah, you know that helps. Juicy A. Rodge goes down, so that team is not going to win the division. Correct. As I uh, teased with uh, the head cheese David Sinekin yesterday for our weekly border battle chat, you tell me if it's teasing or if there is legitimacy to it. The Chicago Bears just won at Baltimore. Yes. And beat Carolina at home yes. this weekend. Yep. Uh, beat, beat the Falcons too, I think. Uh, Lavelle, L- no, they lost that. L- oh, Lave- that narrowly L- lost that. Lavelle's uh, Chicago Bears in that first game against the Falcons had to drop two passes in the end zone to lose the game. Right, right. So so they had the all of a sudden never beatable Falcons beat. They beat Pittsburgh. So is it teasing or legitimate that super special Cinny should worry about his team finishing in last in the NFC North. It's possible. It oh is possible. God. Wouldn't that be something to have the Packers finish last? Oh my God. Well, then they get a great draft. Pick. Well, they will get a great yeah, draft. Great. Pick. They'll take. They'll Sam- get the next quarterback of yeah. the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, this Josh Allen from Wyoming, who yeah. I happened to watch the other night for a quarter. There, there's this Josh Allen. The only reason I remember the name is because it came up a lot when we were at the combine, and he wasn't heading into the draft. Whether it was Matt Miller, the the NFL draft scout bit, one of our elite. Uh, football minds at the combine Mm -hmm. was talking about quarterbacks in the next draft 2018 right right. the darnold bit and everybody was on the jock of this josh allen from wyoming i i couldn't pick him out of a two-person lineup standing next to pat williams so i've started to follow him a little bit this year and he's been awful absolutely (laughs) awful but i watched him a little bit the other night they were playing boise state on that aggressive blue field and you you can see with this and this is not wyoming football fan line you can see with this Allen, this big Josh Allen with this nice arm, that he, he is, I can understand what people would see in him in segueing to the NFL and winning. So watch Green Bay lose a million games, take Josh Allen, yeah. sit on him for three years, and then have like 39 years of competent quarterbacks from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to somebody new because they lose a bunch of games in the 2017. Sometimes you, the college performance doesn't necessarily always matter, and especially in a lot of X Factor stuff. I just saw this happen. I just happened to see this this week. Yeah, you remember Phil Simms? Yeah, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Either way, got it. Um, he won two games his uh, senior year. Uh, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Wow. And, I mean, you know, statistically, you would never have guessed Phil Simms would be Phil Simms. And then he yeah. was, I think, the first court, first player taken in his draft. Holy cow. And he ended up, ha- ended up having a great career with the Giants. So, you know, sometimes, you know, just you, you watch a game and it doesn't seem to translate. But, yeah. uh, they're, you know, they, you have enough of the intangibles and the things that pro scouts want and you get a chance. Feasting on a Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. It's a very chill vibe. Stop by and say hello. Uh, give us your best 90 seconds on uh, fantasy football, specifically Tuesdays being the big fantasy pickup day yeah. uh, for analysis. And, um, you know, we do the fantasy pickup joint with Charge each and every uh, Tuesday at 1015. I got him here today. We got Florio around the corner. Uh, who are some pickups people should um, consider? One from last night, Josh Doxson is uh, getting starters reps, 55 snaps last night. Mm-hmm. He had only had four catches coming into this game, two for touchdowns, but now he's getting full starter reps. Remember, Josh Doxson was the player taken right before Laquan Treadwell in right. the first round of the draft two years ago. Right. He has been plagued by injury throughout his career. He's back now, and he's your starter. And Terrell Pryor's hit the bench, and fantasy owners can just drop him outright. Something at this happened point. with Pryor. Uh, he he was benched last night and didn't start. So it's either like late to meeting terrorism, missed a meeting, something like that. Um, 
maybe we'll never know. Maybe Josh Doxson's just better. Yeah. And he just passed him on the depth chart. And yeah. that's, you know, that's a possibility as well. So we got Josh so Doxson. Yep, Josh Doxson, another receiver to consider picking up Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Remember, he splashed with the two touchdowns in week one. Lions. Then promptly got hurt. And he's missed a month. Now they're coming out of bye. He's healthy. Golden Tate's gone and probably going to miss this game and maybe another one or two after that. Wow. He's got a shoulder injury. And that means that Kenny Galladay is as much of a go-to target for Matthew Stafford as Detroit's got. Mm-hmm. So Kenny Galladay, available after this injury, got dropped in lots and lots of leagues, so I like him. Yeah. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is going to miss one game, unless his, unless his uh, appeal negates it. He's going to miss one game, and then maybe after that, who knows where this thing's going to go with Lynch, who's been a pretty sizable disappointment from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, guys you could consider. Um and then uh, the only, I think the only quarterback you could consider if you if you're if you're in a pinch for one, you could try Matt Moore yeah. if you want. I don't I don't necessarily love him. He's got the Ravens on Thursday. Decent pass defense. Decent pass defense. But then he goes to Oakland and Tampa, that are, and those are both favorable matchups. Very nice. So that's a possibility as well. And last thing, last guy I'll mention, mm-hmm. Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. There's a chance this Martavis Bryant thing's going to turn super ugly right now. I like think it already week, has. Right. He could be traded. He could be benched. Yeah. And this thing could go ugly a lot of ways. Yeah. And a you're, you're probably your primary beneficiary would be the rookie who's gotten tons of snaps. He's yeah. been the starter since week two. He scored against us. Scored against us. Scored last week. And so I think he's got three touchdowns on, a, on an already young career. So yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster is uh, another guy to consider. Big boy, big boy brought his A game today. Paul Charchi and Fanball.com. I'm Paul Allen. When we return, uh, more football conversation. Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com joins the feast. It's 9 to noon. Hey, this is Vikings linebacker Anthony Boy, and you're listening to the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, on KFAN. Florio. Oh, please. P-F-T. There's something wrong with you. You are one of the biggest suck-ups I know. It's alright to tell me what you think about me. Nine to noon. To argue, I hold it against you. I know that you're Having a good time at the Tuesday Feast at Buffalo Wild Wings in Maplewood. What's up? Nice crowd here for a Tuesday, and it's the Football Feast. Each and every Tuesday, Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports Network joins us, and uh, Main Man is with us now. Mike, Paul Allen, and uh, uh, something that will make you happy, Paul Charchian is with me today, Mr. Hi, Florio. Mike. Should I incite the crowd to throw food at you, Paul Allen? Not Paul Charchian, yeah, but the bad Paul, not. Paul Allen. No, that um, that would have taken place last year, about this time of the year when we started losing games. But uh, Buffalo five Wild and two. Wings. Remember what? Remember what we argued about this time around last Hold year? On. Five and two disqualifying event. The loss at Soldier Field. This team has no business going to the postseason by losing to the Bears at Soldier Field. Ain't nobody gonna throw food at me. We're in first place, right? Right, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, ain't nothing but love right now. Uh, well, we'll be six and two after this weekend, won't we? Well. Cleveland Browns, though. Any given Sunday, uh-huh. unless no, we play no. the Browns. Not the Browns. Yeah, yeah. that's here. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Hey, listen, we're going to have fun next Tuesday if the Browns win, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not coming to work. Well, no, I can't, I can't chat. Wait, if the Browns win, I can't chat with you next week, man. Come on. 
Uh, but you know what? Any given Sunday, that's what you say. I mean, Cody Kessler, Deshaun Kaiser, Kevin Hogan against this defense. Uh, best of luck, and hopefully the football players aren't actually looking at the game the way I am. I'm not saying it's loser-proof, but um, these Minnesota Vikings, specifically the defense, Michael, on a little bit of a roll right now. Right. And you don't know what quarterback to prepare for, not that it makes a difference. It's going to be Kevin Hogan, <laughs> Cody Kessler, Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell, I'm looking at it. Maybe it is Byron Maxwell. Maybe he's a better shot. Bernie Kosar, that's what I wanted to say. Who knows who's going to play quarterback for the Browns. But isn't it, I mean, think about this. 1-22 and 22 since their latest reset button. How do you, how, how? How do you go 1-22 and 22 unless you're trying to go 1-22? And, and the thing is, there's no reason for the Browns to tank anymore because if they tank, all that means is they'll pass on another franchise quarterback. <laughs> uh, it seems like their personnel department is angling for a way to have every pick in the second round one year. It's just like every single pick. I mean, they just keep trading and trading. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Paul Charchian has been excited to chat with you for three days. So I'm going to ask you one football one nfl wide question then you guys can take it away and and i followed this this morning at profootballtalk.com favorite football website maplewood this the the martavis bryant thing i mean not showing up yesterday and it's escalating into something really ugly for the steelers isn't it michael and, and here's what's amazing about this all right when you play for a football team and you're sick okay first of all you got Every guy finding a way to scrape his butt out of bed and get to work with various injuries, sprained ankles, busted leg, etc. But also, there's something that the workplace has when you play for a football team that most workplaces don't have unless you work at a hospital. They have doctors there. So if you're sick, you get out of bed and you go to work because then you can say, hey, doctor, I'm sick. Check me out and give me medication. You don't have to worry about a deductible. You don't have to worry about a copay. You don't have to <laughs> right. wait in the waiting room. You just say, hey, I'm sick. Do something for me. So this is just ludicrous. And and now Brian has finally owned up to it and said that if, if his role doesn't change, he wants out. And right. here's the problem. He's going to become a free agent after the 2018 season. Somebody in this guy's life who cares about him needs to say, Martavis, shut up. Because nothing you say now is going to help you when you do become a free agent. Because when teams are assessing who they're going to pursue in free agency, they're going to say, oh, Martavis Bryant, he's the guy who will publicly whine if he doesn't like his role. Scratch right. him off the list. We'll go get somebody who won't publicly whine if, about his role if he's not getting the football as much as he wants. So he's not helping himself at all by doing what he's doing. But isn't there a contender out there that's going to look at this and say, hey, I can buy low on a, a talented guy who was, you know, he flashed phenomenally, uh, Martavis did in his rookie year. You know, I could buy low on him right now and get him for a song from a desperate team. And if he's somebody that can step in and help a contender, don't you think there might be an, an opportunity there and somebody might, you know, might decide, all right, we're only on the hook for another 18 months of him and you know, we can get rid of him if we don't like him. Yeah. But what do you give up for a guy who is one bad Friday night away from being suspended indefinitely again, mm -hmm. right? Because he's still in the program. He's in stage three. He had more than a year of a suspension. And and if he's frustrated, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know how. Well, here, let me give you a scenario. Operates, but what what if he just says, you know what, screw it, get, you know, he's at a party. Hey, give me that joint. I don't care anymore. I'm not getting to play the way I want to play. I'm 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 not going to okay. do anything I can to to stay eligible. That might happen, but he is under a vi he's 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 under his rookie deal. So and he was I don't know what is it fourth round pick or third round pick. He's not he can't cost you much of anything. He'll cost let's say Buffalo. Right now, your first-place Buffalo Bills desperately need receiver help, right? Deontay Thompson, a cast-off from the Bears. They had to force him into a 100-yard game last week. 
He could walk into there, be the best receiver on that team right now today, and it might only cost them a, a conditional sixth-round pick to get Martavis Bryant. And if he doesn't work out, the salary cost is extremely low. It would cost you know, very, very little if you had to just cut him outright. And he might be a meaningful performer for them. But how often do you see a skill position player join a new team on the fly and instantly contribute? It's like changing a tire on a moving car. It just doesn't work. And in the season, you got a guy who's going to be coming in with an expectation that he's going to do something, Mm -hmm. and it just adds pressure and stress to what you're already trying to do, which is win week in and week out. And then on top of it, you have to have mechanisms in place to help this guy from having some sort of a relapse. It's, It's just more trouble than it's worth. And I can't see the Steelers trading him anyway, and he's only making it worse for himself. Seriously, somebody his age, and I think his agent's been part of this mess. And, and I, it's unfortunate because if you truly care about the kid, you find a way to get him to buy in, to understand, look, Martavis, a year ago, you couldn't even show up in practice. You weren't getting paid. You were getting paid right. nothing. You're yeah. still getting paid. Do what is expected of you. I just think he can't help himself because of this resentment that he has for Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who's come in and has played very well as a rookie. And you know what? At some point, somebody has to say to Martavis, the only reason they drafted this guy is because they couldn't count on you. They needed him because they didn't know when you were coming back. So, you know, just go out there and take care of what you can take care of and and get through the next two seasons, but don't make yourself less attractive by complaining about your role on your current team. Florio, PFT, NBC Sports Radio, NBC Sports Network, and uh, Football Night in America on NBC, Charge. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Paul and I pontificated this topic, which is now, I think, much more of a national talker. If you were the Eagles, is there any quarterback that you would take straight up for Carson Wentz in the whole league? Would you take anyone or would you stand pat with who you got? Mm, I think about taking Deshaun Watson. You only got I, six games to go on, right? Well, I still here's the thing I like about Deshaun Watson that I don't like about Carson Wentz. Deshaun Watson has the instinct of avoiding contact. And he can weave through traffic and avoid the hit. And he yeah. knows when to hit the deck and avoid the hit. Carson Wentz, and I don't know whether this is... I don't want to psychoanalyze the guy, but let me go ahead and keep... I mean, we're doing it about everybody else. Let's do it about him. I, I think he wants to prove that he belongs in the NFL because right. the whole he came from North Dakota. Was it North Dakota or South Dakota? North Dakota, North Dakota State University. And, and you know, it's it's one double A, whatever they call it now. I get the the alphabet soup of the NCAA designations mixed up. But he's he's proving he belongs every time he drops his shoulder into a guy. He's proving he belongs every time he dives head first. He's proving he belongs, mm-hmm. and he's going to end up on a stretcher. He's going to end up unable to play. He's going to end up injured. You can coach that out, right? And we no, can that, coach, no, we can coach him to run now. out of bounds. Doug Peterson talked about it last night. It's like they, 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 I think they've decided that they can't coach it out of him. That it's just who he is. And you know, Aaron Rodgers was in that small category of guys who knows how to avoid contact until. And I don't know how closely you've watched it. When he 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 is to blame for his injury last week. I, I know that I'm not speaking to an unsympathetic crowd when I say this, but he held on to the football, knowing the hit was coming, waiting for Martellus Bennett to break a little more open so he could drop the pass. He should have thrown the ball when the guy was open. He wouldn't have been hit. If he would have been hit, it would have been clearly an illegal hit. He waited for that. He saw it coming. He timed it out. He knew he was going to get hit. And that's unlike Aaron Rodgers because guys who know the basic, the basic logic, the fewer times you're hit, the fewer times you're hurt. The more times you're hit, the more times you're hurt. 
and that's my concern about Wentz, and that's why I'm a little more intrigued by Deshaun Watson at this point. Although if Wentz can stay healthy, he's clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and all the more reason for Browns fans to say, really, we passed on both of them? We passed on both of them. Indianapolis is a 10-point underdog this week against Cincinnati. Is this Chuck Pagano's last game? Well, if you're dealing with normal functioning ownership, he still... I mean, he wouldn't be there already. With Jim Irsay, who knows? Jim Irsay could have walked away from Pagano two seasons Many ago. Times. Yeah. His contract was up. It was the Mike Tice scenario yep. where we're not really firing him. We just need a coach, and we're going to hire one, and it's not going to be him. And that's what he could have done with Pagano. He had only one year left on Ryan Grigson's deal, and I, I, I don't know what happened in that meeting room that caused Ursay to continue with those guys. I think he's afraid he's not going to get the guy he wants. And at some point, you have to say, has Chuck Pagano lost the team? Is the, is the, the team in a position to get better without him? I don't know how much better the team is without him because they still are, are overmatched. The offensive line is bad. Just ask T.Y. Hilton, who called out the offensive line after the most recent loss, an embarrassing home shutout. And, and mm-hmm. I think they're trying to make people believe that Andrew Luck is going to come back this year and save the day. I don't think he's playing this year. Yeah. I think they should have gotten Jacoby Brissett a long time before they did. It's just a mess of a team. For a team that was so proud and really proud, I mean like, like bragging all the time about all their regular season wins and what a great franchise they were. And they were a decade ago. They have lost their way. And really in hindsight, and I'm not a big, big, big Bill Polian fan, just because he, he, he he's cleaned himself up for the media, but he's a little bit he's a little bit of a <laughs> but why'd you fire him right? Why'd you fire Bill Polian because you had one bad season and look at what they've had since well, Bill Polian is just not working. Ryan Grigson was yeah, an Grigson absolute was a disaster. disaster. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder if the Browns fire Grigson. I wonder if the Browns decide that Grigson's the one to blame. And let's just get rid of him and everything will be fine. I mean, seriously, I'm shocked he found work again. I, the Browns have to figure out exactly who is responsible, who made the decision or recommended to ownership the decision to pass on Wentz and pass on Watson. What the hell are they thinking? Horrible scouting. What are you thinking? Uh, While we're talking coaching changes, Steve Sarkeesian is certainly on the hot seat. As a fellow Armenian, I'm not happy about it, but 13 fewer points per game right now than last year's Falcons, 56 fewer yards per game than last year's uh, Falcons. He's, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, for a team that also needs a scapegoat, a little bit like the Browns, Steve Sarkeesian, I got to believe every, any game could be his last. Well, but here's the problem. If you fire the guy that you just hired, there's a certain point where you look like an idiot for hiring him in the first place. Like you you have to, you have to stick with him a little bit because, well, we hired this guy because we believe in him and we're not going to make rash, desperate decisions. But here's the thing. The Falcons are in kind of this rash, desperate mode where they they think that that they can grope in the dark and find a switch to flip that makes everything that happened in February not happen. And Mm -hmm. what they need to understand is nothing is going to make what happened in February go away. It is permanent. It it is tattooed on their foreheads, 28 to 3. And, and even if you win a Super Bowl, because I've heard people say, well, if they beat the Patriots, it'll be fine. No, when they beat them in the regular season, it doesn't change the fact that they blew a Super Bowl. If they win a Super Bowl, if they beat the Patriots, if they if they go up 28-3 to and win 56-10, to or if the Patriots go up 28-3 to and they do to the Patriots what the Patriots did to them, the, the, the obvious response is going to be, well, if you hadn't screwed up the other one, you'd have two Super Bowls now. I mean, right. nothing changes the fact 
that they had the ring in their hand mm-hmm. and they just threw it away. That's never going away, and yeah. they just need to accept it and move on, and it's easier said than done. Michael, say the Vikings beat the Cleveland Browns, then go on the bye, come out of the bye, and play the Washington Redskins. If Case Keenum, um, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Bradford are all 100%-ish from a health standpoint, what um, what do you think of that situation, and, and how do you think the team should move forward? Well, first of all, the flaw in your logic is that Sam Bradford's ever going to be 100% again. I just <laughs> I, I and, and, and how do you trust? I mean, you, how do you know? Because you thought he was 100% or close enough to it against the Bears two weeks ago, and look at yeah. what happened. So if it's truly apples to apples 100%, you go with Bradford because right. he's, he's, he's ready. He's been working with the team. He had that great Monday night performance when he was 100% for at least most of the game. So I would go with Bradford if he's close to 100%. If it's between Bradford or if it's between Keenum rather and Teddy, then I don't know. Hey, look, I, I don't know if you guys have been following my website. You know, it's been around for about 16 years now. You may have read it from time to time. <laughs> Teddy's ready. You don't get cleared to practice if you're not ready to play from that injury. Once you're cleared to practice, you're ready. The question is, how ready is he from a, a mental standpoint, and how quickly can he get – you know, he didn't have Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator when he played previously, so that's going to take some adjusting. But but there there's a decision to be made at some point in the back well, half of the season as to when to flip – assuming they put him on the active roster, and, and I, I – would be shocked if they don't. I, don't, I doubt they shut him down for the whole year right. to try to toll his contract through 2018, although my guess is they've been tempted to consider that. At what point do you say, Case, thank you very much. Now please go back to the role that you were signed for, and Teddy, go out there and get it done. And how, what a story that would be when he's playing and if he comes in and he plays like he did back in 2015 when, you know, multiple times when he was called upon to do it leading the offense down the field, the game against Arizona on the Thursday night. And, you know, he did everything but kick the field goal in the playoff loss to Seattle. And maybe if he'd have kicked the field goal, it would have been good. Oh, we got a minute. Go, Charge. Well, I think the, the tricky part of the, that whole scenario is how do you bench, you know, not that Case Keenum is the reason, the singular reason the Vikings have won all these games and, and done this well, but now you'd be looking at benching guy at that point will have won four or five games in a row yeah, at that point, right. and you're going to take him off to go give Teddy his first game action in 22 months. Right. I mean, that it would be, it would, to me, that would be a shockingly, shockingly yeah. bold move. Well, to take, you know, to take out the a quarterback who you're winning with. I think if you're Mike Zimmer, you look at it and you say, I'll know when, when it's the right time. You, you don't yank Case Keenum before he does something to deserve it or gets yeah. injured. But you'll yeah. know when the right time is. And, or maybe you won't. I think back to the – and, Paul, this is before – Paul Allen, this is before your time. Charge, I don't know if you were following the Vikings closely 19 years ago, but there was, was a point in the NFC Championship game where Dennis Green should have yanked Randall Cunningham for Brad Johnson and didn't. And, you know, it's a tougher call the later you get in the season, and you want to stick with the guy that got you there. But I, I'd like to think Mike Zimmer and Pat Shermer will know when the time is right to move Case Keenum to Teddy Bridgewater. And everyone else will know, too. It'll be, you know, I mean, they were the last ones to figure out to get Sam Bradford off the field on that Monday night game. I think that yeah. everyone will know when it's the right time to switch from Keenum to Bridgewater. And, and how, how can we say, based on Keenum's career, how can we say that that's not going to happen at some point between now and January? Michael, to show you we're full of love in Minnesota, watch this. Hey, Florio, can I get a witness, Buffalo Wild Wings football feast? TFT. Call you next week, Michael. See you guys. It's Thanks. 9 to noon.
You're listening to PA. It's your show, babe. Whatever you want to do. I'm here to serve you. On the fan. Opinion from Mike Wobshaw. P.A. Parrot. Wobby. He's so wobby. If you didn't know, he's P.A.'s parrot. Chrome down with the spectacles. He's so wobby. Wobby, you know. Remember his name on the show. Beasting on a Tuesday into the second hour of the presentation. Good morning. Uh, joining us now for more cogent football conversation. Can I get a witness from the congregation and a raucous round of applause for Wabi from Vikings.com. Wabi. Wabi. Hey, so Wabi. Uh, he um, he was sitting a couple of seats away from me at the palatial the palatial purple paradise U.S. Bank Stadium Sunday when this happened. Second and ten, Flacco back to pass, fires right, caught by former Viking Mike Wallace, and the ball was jarred loose. It's a turnover, and it's a fumble recovery by Xavier Rhodes, and he turns it up to the 38-yard line. Mike Wallace is down on the field at about the 45, hit by Andrew Sendejo on the hit. Wallace lost the ball. It was picked up by Xavier Rhodes. And he lost more than a ball. He lost his helmet as well. He was wrapped up by Xavier Rhodes. And Sandejo comes in with the hit. And the ball pops loose before Wallace hits the ground. And Mike Wallace was knocked out of the game by Andrew Sandejo, who was suspended for a game yesterday yeah. by the National Football League. Uh, he has three working days to appeal. Yesterday counted as one of those days. So it's today and tomorrow. Uh, first, Wabi, welcome. And secondly, the uh, Sandejo suspension. Where do you, uh, do you guys think it was justified? And, and where do you think it goes from here? Well, thanks for having me. Hello. Hi. And good morning. Hi. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's hard to uh, to disagree or criticize the league's decision because, I mean, they, they review the tape. Like, you don't get suspended because of a call the referees made in the heat of the moment. You, you know, you get suspended because the league looks at it and says this was a suspendable offense. So yeah. I, I don't really think you can argue against it, I guess. Yeah. You know, this is how Andrew Sandejo plays, though, and I don't mean dirty and I don't mean by making hits that get him suspended. I just mean he comes downhill and he hits you. This yeah. is who he is and how he plays and it's how he makes a living. Mm -hmm. And aside from knowing Mike Zimmer's defense inside and out, what Sandejo does is be physical in the middle. So I guess this is the cost of doing business for him. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it's going to really change the way he plays. I think he needs to be more cognizant of not breaking the rules, obviously, because aside from the suspension, the 15-yard penalty didn't help us either. Yeah. You know, that was a turnover. And, um, and so you need to play within the rules. But, I mean, this is a physical game, and he's a physical player. A couple of former NFLers, James Thrash and Derek Brooks, will hear it for the National Football League. And about the only way to beat it, from what I understand, and I think Marshawn Lynch is going to be doing the same thing mm -hmm. uh, with his suspension for, for uh, making contact with an official uh, last Thursday evening, is to bring up examples. 
of, well, okay, Paul Charchian took five steps, then Wabi hit him the same way, and he didn't get suspended, so, so why here? So that, you know, listening to Zimmer's press conference yesterday, I don't want to say he was adamant uh, in, in defending Sendejo, but he did point out the receiver took five steps. I've looked at the hit, and I don't think it was a bad hit. So that, I think all that's coming up next. That's great. Um, it, it's, it's harder when, when the receiver is – it's easy when the receiver is, let's say, not moving. Ball's coming at him. He's, he's poised to catch it, right? Catches the ball. He's not moving. And you lunge at his head and helmet to helmet to head. Yeah. That's really easy. When a player is in motion, falling down, and you're trying to dive at him to, you know, drive at, at him to try to make a tackle while he's falling, I mean, that's a lot of trajectory and math and yeah. physics that all happening at one time. Yeah. And that makes it this. That's why it, I, you know, I don't, I don't love the suspension because I, I think it's when I look at it, it feels more like there were so many variables here happening, and I don't think you could ever make a case that I think he was trying to headhunt him mm -hmm. and trying to make a helmet-to-helmet yeah. -helmet, uh, tackle when, you know, at, at the point of, of contact, things, you know, they're like three feet off the ground. Yeah, I mean, so how about, yeah. you know, I think I'm not trying to advocate for the suspension at all. I'm just saying it's the cost of doing business sometimes when you play the way Sandejo does. Yeah. How yeah. about, um, you know, I guess I'd have to read the rule book, um, but Tom Johnson's penalty um, was a little confusing to me. Because I know the whole rule on going low at the quarterback, but I, I saw Tom's forearm hit above the quarterback's knee. Yeah. Uh, well, and me. he got pushed into the quarterback, so too. So that was a, a little bit of a confusing one mm -hmm. um, for me, the Tom Johnson penalty. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Whatever. All right, let me ask both of you this. Who's, our, who's the Vikings starting running back? Um, well, literally whoever the running back is that's on the field for the first snap. Right, give me a name. Like in, in London, know. yeah, yeah. Next week, who is it? Well, when you, when you say know. starting, you mean just the first one to run out there? Well, all right, Be because I mean, you know, in, well, people care about the starting running back for well, whatever I, reason. I brought this up nine to noon yesterday. They should stop caring about that. And, and I think it was a brilliant maneuver by the offensive coordinator Pat Shermer, where you get all of this East-West Jarek McKinnon on film over two games, and he has three touchdowns during those games, and you seriously run like eight screens with McKinnon right. over two games. So now the fast and physical Ravens get all wound up over 21, and you go power run with Latavius Murray. Not that they weren't ready for it, but it's the art of, of changing things up mm -hmm. week to week in the NFL. And, you know, the, the, the more I learn about our offensive coordinator and watch his game plans weekly, Shermer is really good at keeping teams off balance week to week. So kept me off balance, I know my, that. My way to answer no, fantasy, your question. Fantasy owners are kept off balance right. for sure. I mean, I, I think it's a week-by-week -week situation, and yeah. quite honestly, I can't answer it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, instead of trying to identify which guy is the starter, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, I think you should look at it and just be like, we're never going to know who it is. And it's probably never going to be just one guy. Right. So I wouldn't have either one of them as like an RB one or two. Right? Right. They're flex and, guys. Yeah. And Murray ended up with the you know the longer runs, but they ended up getting oh, I think identical number of total touches yeah. in the game. And you know, but we I don't think I don't think we saw this coming in because Murray had been used sparingly. Um, you know, not you know I think he went like you know two then seven then twelve touches over the last three weeks uh, mm -hmm. leading into this one. Um, but. It was, we hadn't seen Murray really do much of anything to this yeah. point. Yeah. Maybe this is the Murray post-ankle. Maybe the ankle's finally right, well, and we're seeing a guy that has a little bit more straight-ahead speed than what he had shown. I think that's only fair to, to assume that's what we're seeing, because really, when you think about it, he, Latavius, no off-season program, yeah. um, no training camp, no preseason, right? No, no preseason. Nope. All right, so I mean... 
he, he's just getting into it, really, when you compare him to the other guys who have been going at this now for 14 weeks of the offseason program, a yep. month of training camp in the preseason, and two months now of the regular season. I mean, yep. so Murray's still probably warming up. And the further you get away from a, sur- from a surgery, you know, the better you're going to continue to look. So, yep. you know, the other thing is, and we had Tony Sperano explain this um, on the Wobcast last week, the difference between a zone-blocking scheme and a gap-blocking scheme and Tony said, you know, you don't want to be just one. Like, you don't want to be an offense that does only one. You want to have elements of both of those yeah. in your game plan uh, throughout the season and the week. And, and so I think that's happening with McKinnon and Murray, where it's like, you know, we have these zone schemes and these gap schemes, and different runners look at different runs different ways. And yeah. if the gap schemes are working against the Ravens, the gap runner is going to get the carries. If the zone scheme is working against the Browns, that runner is going to get those carries. Yeah. And I don't think you know how that's going to go until you play in the game. I think uh, I think breaking tendencies is so important on a week-to-week basis in the NFL. And correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I believe Latavius, I know he doesn't have any uh, receiving touchdowns in his career. But Latavius catches it a he little did, he bit. He can catch. So now, you know, you look at McKinnon, screens ad nauseum. Murray, between the tackles, did a little damage. McKinnon has done damage all over the field. I think throwing to Latavius and some of those screens as the genesis of, of the running game post-Dalvin continues, right. I think yes. that could, that could, could be, be a the surprise. next step. You could have a surprise factor. It could be this week. And sure. if you can establish that, you know, you take away the tell of if, if Murray's in the game yeah, at 64% run. You, yeah. run. Like, yeah, you want right. to get yep. rid of that. That's yeah. the breaking tendency thing. Yeah. You want to yeah. get rid of that. Yeah. Also, And it's not like, you know, I mean, that, that can be a thing because it's happened and he's good at it. It's not like, okay, we're going to break tendencies and come into the game and identify third-year yeah. tight end Blake Bell 15 yeah, times. Right, no, right. The other thing is we saw something from Murray that we have not seen at all this season. We saw it last week. He made people miss in space. Right. And we hadn't seen that one time. And I think that's the no, ankle getting healthier. Yeah. And if you can make people miss in space, you're a more attractive weapon in the For passing sure. game. Yeah, right? Of course. As Absolutely. So. Um, there, while the game was going on, I was championing, hey, where's Jarek McKinnon? McKinnon's been great. He's been running well. And then Murray's had a couple of nice long runs. Twitter demanding that I throw myself under the bus. Uh, Twitter, uh, you'll be shocked. To, you'll be shocked to learn yeah. that Twitter has some trolls yeah. who will point out things that you quote get wrong. Well, did they bring I up think, Ryan Matthews from four years ago? Uh, undoubtedly. <laughs> uh, however, I think Jarek McKinnon had he gotten those. Sa- I think Jarek McKinnon would have gotten the same runs that Murray had. I think if you'd have given the ball to McKinnon in those situations, yeah. I don't know that Murray did anything Maybe. so special on his long carries yeah. that McKinnon couldn't do. But and I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from McKinnon or away from Murray. I'm just saying I think those were long gains that, that McKinnon would have had as well. I, I think it's very similar <clears throat> to how if you as a play caller ask a quarterback before the game starts, hey we got these you know, we have these thirty five plays in the game plan. You know, you don't have your whole your whole uh, playbook available to you every game. You have a right. subset of that yeah. every game. So you ask the, the quarterback, hey, we got these 35 plays, 20 of them are passes. You know, what, what are your four or five favorite ones? Like yeah. the quarterback looks at plays, different plays differently, and likes some better than others. I think running backs are the same way. Right. You ask a running back, hey, which runs do you like the best? And you can tell that different running backs are better at different types of runs. Yeah. And I think Murray and McKinnon are different. 
They're different runners with different styles. Yeah, very, styles. very different styles. So, you yes. know, just because Latavius Murray breaks off a 35-yard run between the tackles, I don't think that means that McKinnon definitely would have done that because he I might think not this, be looking at it In this case, I think in these runs, I think he would And would've. you might be right. I'm not saying it, it can't happen. Now, this week, we these two runners will face Cleveland. Now, here's something that I would guess 90% of our listening audience does not know. Mm. Your number one run defense in the NFL, right. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, really? 2.9 yeah. yards well, per carry. We we heard that a lot yesterday at Winter Park. I mean, not necessarily from George Edwards, who was talking about Duke Johnson and all these quarterbacks and everything, but I think it was Zimmer as he was walking up to his press conference just chatting briefly about Cleveland, and, and there is a lot of respect that is going in to this front seven for Cleveland, this AFC North bit, yep. where we've seen Pittsburgh rough and tumble front seven with, yep. uh, with Shazier and and so on. And we just saw Baltimore. We tripped mm-hmm. out on Brandon Williams for like three days. Then he made two massive plays early in the game. Yes. And Cleveland, Cincinnati, Geno Atkins, uh, those creatures, you know, they have, they have a really tough front seven. I guess Cleveland does too. Okay, well, uh, they must because well, yeah. they held the Titans to zero touchdowns. Wow. Well, and the Titans, right? yeah, so, I mean, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, two very good running backs. And I think you could make a pretty solid case that DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry are better than Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. They combined for just 72 yards last week. Again, Cleveland giving up just 2.9 yards per carry. No rushing touchdowns allowed in a month and only two all season. Wow. So it's going to be hard to run. People think, I think there's a temptation to go, wow, it's a winless Browns. Everything's going to be easy against the winless Browns. Not not true. They almost won last week. They went to overtime last week against a good Titans team. Yeah. This is is not necessarily, I'm more worried about this game than I was the Ravens game. Almost beat the Steelers in the season opener. They did. did. I mean, they were tight against Indy. The defense can keep it tight. Yeah, they were tight against the Jets. They've been close, but can't get over the hump. They've been close. They, they mean, those they quarterbacks or the secondary make massive mistakes within five minutes to go in the game, and they can't overcome it. You know, um, you know. Also, with the um, flipping to Cleveland's offense, you know, no, there's no real identity with them. No. So you don't no. go into this game planning week with like the three things you got to shut down to take away Cleveland's best uh, threats, right? Yeah, they'll, like, it, they'll, shut, like, they'll shut themselves down like with no, Well, yeah, but with no disrespect, it, it's like sitting down at a poker table with a bunch of sharks and you've only played five times in your life. Like, right. the sharks look at you and they have no idea what you're going to do. Right. You know, I think that's kind of how you look at Cleveland's offense. It's like we don't really know what to plan for here because you have no identity. Um, and, and I, like, do you know who's going to play quarterback? No, there? we no, don't know. Okay. We don't know who so, the starting quarterback is. I mean, that's is. weird. I mean, you're well, preparing for a team. You don't know who the quarterback is. Yeah, get yeah. this to that point. Over their last 43 games, they have changed quarterbacks 22 times. Okay. I, mean, it's, you know, I mean, think about that. Half of your games over the last three and a half years, you've had a different quarterback from the previous week. Right. That's nuts. Feasting at Buffalo Wild Wings in Maplewood. If you're in the area, stop by. It's PA in charge. We'll be here until noon. Wabi from Vikings.com for another segment when 9 to Noon continues on The Fan. It's PA in charge. You know, we believe in each other so much and we've worked so hard that you just know who's there in the foxhole with you. And, and, and you know, that's a confident feeling. On. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Time for two more. Nine to noon. PA and charge. Ah. Wobby. PA parrot. Ah. 
now for something completely different. Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood feasting. It's PA in charge. It is the Tuesday football feast. Welcome back, everybody. And thanks for listening to FM 100.3, The Fam, the producer, Eric Nordquist, at the KFAN Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios. The radio show uh, is at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. Matt Burke, former center for the Minnesota Vikings and Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he'll be on site about 35 minutes from now chatting the world of football uh, this evening. Uh, quite bountiful. Uh, in the cornfields, if you are looking for high-level sporting activity, the Indiana Pacers, ever beatable, uh, are at the Minnesota Timberwolves at 7. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are at the Wild at XL Energy Center at 7. Uh, on the television, if you're looking for sports diversions, the World Series begins this evening. Uh, the Houston Astros and the L.A. Dodgers take off at 7 p.m. from Chavez Ravine. And uh, following this radio show, P.J. Fleck with his weekly radio show, the P.J. Fleck Show from noon until 1 with uh, Mike Grimm and Mark Rose in charge. Uh, we were talking about the quarterbacks for the Browns, Wabi. We don't know who it's going to be. Uh-huh. Give me any of three guys. Yeah. Last week, it was, Kaiser started the game. He mm-hmm. was brutal, had a couple of interceptions, so they benched him, which is the same thing that happened two weeks before that when he started and got benched. And... Then they brought in Cody Kessler, and then he threw an interception. They ended up finishing with Cody Kessler. The guy who had started the previous week was Kevin Hogan, but he wasn't even active for this game. Holy cow. I mean, the whole thing right now couldn't be uglier. And then Kaiser was out partying with Kenny Britt on Friday night, and that became public. And then he since had to issue an apology that he was out partying late at night on Friday. Right. Rather, I'm like, you know, I guess we want him to be at home and, you know, studying tape 24-7 or whatever, but... Um, it it feels like the uh, that this is they, they, the Browns have had multiple opportunities to fix this, haven't addressed it. Uh, scouts haven't figured this thing out, and maybe um, I don't know who we're going to get for the Viking game, and maybe it doesn't matter because they're all awful. If oh, nothing else, they are all similar in that they all have a little bit of mobility, um, they all have decent arm strength, but it really it ends there. The decision making is terrible. <laughs> um, the uh, you know this is a team averaging two interceptions per game. Oh really? Yeah, it's uh, like it's a that. it's an excellent opportunity for our for our squad uh, yep. defensively against a team that with you know no functional quarterback. Their receivers, by the way, utter disaster at the receiver position as well. <laughs> they had Terrell Pryor. Yeah, they let him go. Corey um, Coleman's hurt. Corey Coleman, who they've invested a first-round pick in, has been hurt basically his entire career. They could add Carson Wentz. He's becoming the MVP in a nationally televised game. They could, yeah, on him. could add Deshaun Watson, yeah. um, who is a you know turning into a, you know a potential MVP candidate for right. Pete's sake. Um, and so you know that's you know so many problems right Joe now. Thomas. They're going out. Yeah, Joe Tom. Right. I was going to segue into that. Joe Thomas. All right. Ten thousand three hundred sixty-three snaps. Jeez. That streak's broken. And if you're Joe. At some point, don't you just go, you know what? I'm done. He's made his money. You don't have to be a Brown for the rest of your life. This might be the thing where he hangs it up. If you're waiting for the winning, that's going to be 2026. Correct. He's been waiting for the winning now for 10 years. Yeah. uh, He'll be 33 next season. Do Do you come back at 33? When you've gone through what he's gone through, I don't know. I mean, that that's such a personal decision, you know. Um, I mean, you you can you can flip that around and be like, you know, he's never won, so why would he? He's gone this far. Why would he stop now? I mean, he's he's well, gonna hang uh, the, on no, as the long as why, he can. The reason why is they've been in rebuilding mode for ten straight oh, years I know that. for him. Yeah, and maybe you don't want an eleventh rebuilding year. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it, if you're gonna stop, I mean, you're not gonna win once you retire. You know, so no, I mean, no, I right. mean, yeah. But do you if you can play, you should still play. It Make would be money. It would be different if you 
if you're Joe Thomas and you're looking ahead and you go, you know what? Things are going to change. I want to be part. I want to be a part of a winning team in Cleveland for the first time. But right now, there's no suggestion that that's coming. No, there's not. But maybe what if uh, you know he could get traded next season uh, before the deadline to a team that thinks it's going to contend or to a team. I mean, look at Philadelphia. If they lose Jason Peters for the season, yeah. And you, th- I mean, you're six and one if you're Philly, right? Well, let's say let's say you're four and one and you want a game to get to five and one, and the mm-hmm. trade deadline's the Tuesday after you just mm-hmm. went five and one and you lost Jason Peters for the year. Yeah. You've got an MVP candidate at quarterback. Your left tackle's out. Yeah. Philly would be a great candidate to trade for Joe Thomas. What a, I mean, that's going to happen next year to somebody. What a prideful human being Joe Thomas is. Yeah. I mean, he, he not only is he dedicated to the organization, to the community where he's incredibly philanthropic off the field, but you mentioned that streak of snaps, 10,000 and change, for a loser organization yes. where all he does every single snap is mash on the adversary. I mean, what a prideful human being yep. in studying the game, doing it the right way, not uh, demeaning your teammates when, when things don't go well. Like T.Y. Hilton just savaged the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> offensive line yes. and had to come yeah. out and, and apologize. <laughs> right. Joe Thomas never does anything like but, that. Right. He's but, a bastion of excellence. But he is, and that's why I'm saying he doesn't want to trade his jersey in for a tank top and sit at the beach yeah. all day. He no. wants to play. He's he likes to be rubes. Well, you know, he wants to play. Yeah. He's the definition of loyalty is really what he is. You know, most normal people at his, but, at his skill level at some point would have opted out of Cleveland. And if you remember, he's the guy who was invited to the draft because everyone knew he was going to be a top pick yeah, and didn't right. go and went fishing. He went fishing instead of the draft. Instead. I, I mean, love this that. Is who he is. I love you know? that. Yeah. Yes. I just don't. I, I, I don't. I just don't know if a guy like that, when he can still play and play at a high level, is yeah. the guy who who is done early. Early. Uh, I think he's. I think he keeps playing. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll find out. I. I, I also, wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him for either side well, of this decision. I, but also, a guy like that doesn't want his last career snap to be an injury right. and then he misses he wants to come back and, and still be good i well, know right yeah i mean everybody does but you know as as one of the things we like to say when you get when you are an older athlete mm-hmm. when the end comes it usually comes with injury right. and that's that might be where we're at with him uh on the field for the browns they will be trying to attack a vikings run defense with isaiah crowell who has been an unmitigated disaster this year no touchdowns 3.2 yards per carry that's, nice. that's it um, That's Vikings, about what we give up. The Vikings give up 3.2 yeah. yards per carry. Sounds like our running game last year. So I did the math. If you take his average of 13 carries times 3.2 yards per carry, he's sitting on a 41-yard game. Nice. Sounds good uh, to We'll me. take that. That'd yeah. be just fine. Starting yeah. running back, 41 yards. You know, no threat there. We already talked earlier. We don't. Um, the Vikings' pass defense has been has been very good. They've only given up eight passing touchdowns in seven games. Three of the passing touchdowns have been total garbage time as well. One rushing touchdown allowed all season. Uh, you're talking a quarterback rushing Vikings. touchdown or just rushing touchdown? Uh, just rushing yes. touchdown, period. Right. Uh, and, you know, and this is the Vikings pass events that's seen Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston and Matthew Stafford. You know, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know that I'm trying to manufacture some way in my head where. So do you, you know, think this is loser explosion. proof? I just don't know how they get to, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this uh, on Friday with Baltimore. I don't know how they get to like 17 points. Yeah. So the only thing I need to do in my mind is get the Vikings to just 17 points-ish. Yeah. That's all you got to do in my mind, and you've got the Browns pretty well in, in a corner at that point. And 17's not a big ask. Uh, yeah, our biggest, uh, you know, the biggest thing you got to avoid, I think, is 
doing things that keeps Cleveland in the game yeah. and, and keeps them thinking this could be the week. Yeah. You know, so like throwing an interception on the first play of the game. You know, let's we shouldn't do that. Yeah. But let's not do that this week yeah. and give the Browns a reason to get excited. Um I mean, I, I remember. We're going to activate their big London fan base. When we went to London in 2013, do you remember the circumstances surrounding that game with the Vikings and the Steelers? They were uh, both winless. Yeah. You know, so um, Cleveland goes to London winless. We know what that's like. And if you just, I mean, everyone wants to start fast every week. But, like, don't turn the ball over, especially early, and make Cleveland think that yeah. this is their week. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson and Mike Zimmer know each other. Um, they, they go back and... Um, yeah. Hugh's competitive, and everyone talks about he's one and twenty-two in his last twenty-three or whatever. So I mean, they're yeah. the Browns are they're going to win a game eventually, and you have to when you play them, you have to have the mindset of Agreed. it's not going to be us. Yep, you know, and we're not going to think it's a it's a walk in the park, which is a tricky week for the coaches. Not, I mean, this is this is a disciplined Vikings team that's very prideful, and and Spielman and Zimmer have done a really good job of putting the right component into that locker room when it comes to winning games. What I'm getting at is you're going to London, which is weird. You're playing Cleveland, which looks loser-proof. And then you go on the bye. So this is a – when practice begins tomorrow, and then Thursday in London, Friday in London, and the little mock game at the stadium Saturday in London, Yeah, big Zimmer week, uh, big coaching staff week uh, to to keep the eyes on the prize, recognize handling prosperity is what you're doing here. You're a first-place team. And um, you, you, you beat the bleep out of this team, and then you celebrate it while you relax. Then we come back and we sprint through the final eight. Can I get a witness? And you're right. Well, th- that is a big coaching thing. Yeah. I mean, the players have to be held accountable and have to have, to have you know, the ability to self-motivate. But, I mean, you know, this is a big coaching week for exactly the reasons he mentioned. Uh, playoff teams win these games. You know, nine and a half out of ten times. This is, you know, these are the games you win. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Vikings, uh, when the Vikings offense has the ball, we haven't talked about that a lot. Case did, not have, one. Case did not have a strong game. And he, you know, he, I thought this was his second worst game yeah. via, uh, after mm. Pittsburgh. And Tough cat to skin that secondary. Um, it's a good defense. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? He's going to be facing another. This is actually the Browns' pass defense isn't bad. Um, they picked up Jason McCourty in their yeah. secondary. Jamar yeah. Taylor's there. They actually have a good slot corner. Former Gopher, uh, the, Body Calhoun. So that's right, exactly. Yeah, the the Body Calhoun, who's going to be up on former Mankato guy, right, yeah. Adam Thielen. Good That'll be time. a Minnesota Minnesota matchup. I just I I don't want to go too far down the road of savaging last week's performance by Case because I think there was an element of recognizing the type of game he was in. And knowing um, not to try and get out of body and ruin it. I mean, yeah. it's a lot like the Seattle playoff game from a couple of years ago. Wow. We, we knew what type of game it was going to be. We weren't going to put Teddy on seven-step drops against Seattle. Yeah. So Case throws the interception on the first snap of the game, and after that he was 20 of 28. I mean, he completed 65% of his passes. We were 40% on third down. I just think there was a little bit of Case going into the dreaded game manager mode, yeah, maybe. not into the game winner mode. And I, it felt a little... Uh, it felt he didn't have the same sort of confidence under center. The accuracy didn't feel as good. Uh, I didn't feel like he was, you know, sort of the game. I didn't feel like he was the captain on the field that you want a quarterback to yeah. be. And we've seen Case be at other times. Yeah. This game and, just didn't just didn't feel right. And based on some of your analysis, talking about Cleveland's uh, run defense charge, it kind of sounds like we'll need that. From We're gonna Case we do need week. it from Case. And, right. You know where the Browns are actually pretty good for in terms of like a yards passing yards allowed. They're pretty good, yeah. but they have given up the second most passing touchdowns. They've given up multiple touchdowns in four mm-hmm. or five different games. Uh, five, well, five of their seven games, they've given up multiple passing touchdowns. But Case has thrown zero or one touchdown 
in five of six games. We need more scoring from Case Keenum. You can't starting quarterback can't go zero and one touchdowns as a rule of thumb and go win a bunch of games. My Case, man. Case has got to get more has got to get more got more points have to flow through our quarterback position. Appreciate yep. you. Thanks for coming by. You bet. See you guys. Hey Wobby, ladies and gentlemen, help out another Buffalo Wild ah. Maplewood B D. Can I get a witness? Oh, we'll be right back. Time now for the Vikings Report on the Fan. Presented by Quick Trip, the preferred convenience store of the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer joins PA after this from Quick Trip. Programming on the Fan brought to you in part by Papa John's. Wolves and Wild both at it tonight, which means if either of them, both of them hopefully, are victorious, you get paid off at Papa John's the next day with the code Wolves Win or Wild Win half off a large or extra large pizzas at PapaJohns.com. Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood for the Frat the Tuesday football feast. PA in charge. Hi, what's your name and where are you from? Sonia from Woodbury. What's it like being part of the fan promotion staff? It's a dream job. It's so much fun. <laughs> Round of applause for Sonia. How about that? She just made a play for a first down. She's getting paid to she's getting paid to eat free food right now. What's your name and where are you from? My name's Jack. I'm from Shoreview. What's it like being part of the fan promotion staff? You know, it's pretty fun. Um, like Sonia said, you could say it's a dream job. Got a few friends that are always fans of the of the radio station. I don't know why they're so jealous, but it's pretty fun. What do you want to do well, when they, you well, grow up? Well, they get you get to hang out with us. I mean, there's yeah. that. I mean, that's why, yeah. right? I mean, you know, no, it's not too bad. We're we're pretty cool. What do you want to do when well, you grow up? Um, I don't even know. Keep working for KFAN, I guess. I got you, my man. Round of applause for this boy right here. How about that? Fan promotion staff. I know, right? Uh, who wants to go on the radio? Vikings questions, NFL questions, got a little fantasy football. I got, I got Paul Charchi in fanball.com here. What up? What's your name? Where are you from? Patrick from Rochester. Well, hello, young man. I got a uh, fantasy football question. You can start two of these three running backs. Le'Veon Bell. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that's a nice problem to have, right? Well, let's just wait till Leonard Fournette's healthy. How does how does that sound? Let's let's make sure he's back and at full strength. His ankle injury is serious. That had happened on on turf. I think we'd be talking about an ACL, actually. Hey, uh, my man on Fantasy Football Weekly uh, the, this last week when you guys did the your version of the one hit wonder. Last name might be Fish. I think he gave out Scott Fish. Beach East the previous week. Yes. Uh, who do you have this week, and did he take off again? He took Beast East again. No, and Beach East. East, and he went off. Well, he didn't go off. He had a good game. He scored. Holy had cow. a solid game. Yeah. My man Fish. Uh, yeah. What's your name? Where he's you from? He's good. Michael from White Bear Lake. Hi. Hi, Michael. How you doing, PA? All right. Say a question for you. Who is the starting quarterback here for the Vikings after the bye? I think it's Case Keenum. I don't, I don't think Sam's going to be healthy enough to start, and I don't think Teddy's going to have enough reps. And Teddy's third on the depth chart. Case is, this is Case's job to lose. We're going, Vikings are going to win this week. He's going to come in in a long winning streak, and Case is going to be our guy. 
Hi, young lady. What's your name? Where are you from? Paula from St. Paul. Hi, Paula. Quarterbacks, Tom Brady or Alex Smith? Holy cow. It's an embarrassment wow. of riches. No, it's, it's still Tom Brady. Every, every week we're starting Tom Brady over Alex Smith, and you'll get it right 85% of the time, right? I know in week one it might not. Week one might not have gone that way. I think Alex Smith had a great week one, but yeah. Let's keep starting. Let's keep starting Tom Brady. He's got you, the Chargers uh, this week. You see where I am right now? Uh, I do. Well, I, wait a second. I we, see a what a weird shirt. Well, wait a second. This is a weird situation, man. I mean, a this isn't exactly a Vikings pep fest like like the Friday football feast. But nevertheless, my man knows the Friday football feast has a purple and gold bent to it. So he shows up wearing green and gold, which generally would get booed, but it's, it's an Aaron Rodgers jersey, and we can't boo it because I kind of feel bad for him, you know? I mean, it, it's like, what, what com, what's your name? Where are you no, from? We, we can still boo him. Let's be clear about that. Okay. What's your yeah. name? Where are you from? Uh, it's Kyle, and I'm from St. Paul. What compelled you to come to a Vikings football feast wearing a green and gold Aaron Rodgers jersey. Uh, you know, it, it was just nice to, uh, I wanted to have a chance to see all these Vikings fans excited until the inevitable downfall of the Packers winning the division and making the playoffs. So it's been a lot of fun to see the hopes rise right before the fall. <laughs> really? Well, we're not talking about 2018. We're talking about the 2017 season, right? Uh, you know, I, I still think that... Uh, you look like a smart guy. You can't be that stupid. It, you know, I can be, and I'm going to be. So, fingers crossed, I think Huntley's going to come around. Uh, Vike. Sure look good against yeah, the Saints. Yeah, that was a terrific start. Hey, one game under his belt. You know, the Packers have a lineage of quarterbacks, which I'm sure Vikings fans know nothing about. Uh, we have a field goal kicker that can make some 27-yarders. Uh, you know, I'll be as... I'll be as ruby as the best of them in green and gold. Bro, you're brilliant. I mean, no matter wearing the other colors, you came with your A game today. If I were you, with all due respect, I wouldn't worry about the Vikings winning games. I'd worry about the Bears because they're about to put you in last place. Can I get a witness? No one's worried about the Bears in 10 years. I'm not worried about them now. So uh, we'll, get, we'll get a few wins. Uh, it's going to come down to the last games. Week 15, 16, 17, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. It's a win against the Vikings. It's a win against the Lions. That's a win for the division. Uh, it's time to boo the hell out of this guy. He's yeah, way too smarmy for me. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you coming out. Uh, who's next on the radio? Who got, hey, what's going on here? What's your name? Where are you from? Sarah, Minneapolis. Hi, Sarah. Smile. Hi. Um, I lost fantasy football last week because of a kicker. So you never talk about <laughs> kickers, but I have Adam Vinatieri, Colts, Zippo. Yeah, it's time to move on from him. Yep, so your, I should drop your him. Your sneaky kicker pickup uh, for everybody is Josh Lambeau, Ooh. the Jacksonville kicker. Uh, Jacksonville's kicked a bunch of field goals between their two kickers, and Lambeau's brand new, and since they just, they just cut their old kicker and brought him in, um, he's available like 99% of leagues. Josh Lambeau. There you go. My guy right here, the Packers fan, he no. thought I walked over there to talk to Sarah, which I did, but I was, I was creeping on his phone a little bit. He's so fearful of the Chicago Bears, he's just looking at their schedule to see, like, who's coming up because he's worried about finishing in last place with his juicy green and gold team. Yeah. Uh, what's your name? Where are you from? Kevin from St. Paul. Well, hello, young man. How's it going? Decent. 
Good, good. Uh, fantasy football question. Um, I thought I was going to be good at quarterback starting the season. All right. Uh, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Yeah, you should have uh, been. Where Where do I go from there? Do I start either one of those? Do I find someone new? What's up? Well, we got people on Chargers Therapeutic Davenport of Love today. I know. Yeah, we got yeah, a, lot of, yeah, a lot of heartbreak out like, there, right? Right. Um, I don't love Stafford this week because he won't have Golden Tate. And it's a tough matchup anyway. And, you know, I, I haven't done all my rankings. And he goes, he goes up against Pittsburgh. They're either number one or two, number two against the pass. So uh, in all likelihood, the waiver wire is not going to help you any more than those two guys. So I think you're just playing matchups every week and keep our fingers crossed here. And, you know, Atlanta's got the Jets. So there's that. Jets defense is just okay. Well, we'll try Matt Ryan. Last one. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Brandon Blaine. What up, big boy? Uh, Adrian Peterson, two weeks ago, this last weekend, what yeah. do you think? Well, and he's on by now, and then he gets uh, either two or three more games, and now we're at the the window where David Johnson comes back, Ooh. and then that's going to be it for him, and it's it'll be game over once uh, David Johnson's back. Remember, for Johnson's injury isn't isn't a running issue. Not anything would stop him from running. So the yeah. conditioning's really good. He's running right now. It's a you know it's a wrist. It's a dislocated wrist. So he, he, when once he comes back, he's. David Johnson's going to be the guy, and it's going to be it for Adrian. So if you've got Adrian, I would consider selling now or selling soon. What's your name, and where are you from? Drew from Apple Valley. Hi, Drew. Uh, what had to happen for him to force you to come out to a sports radio show on a Tuesday at a Buffalo Wild Wings? Um, it's our day off. Yeah. And, and you got beer. And I have beer. And wings and sports. Yep. And Vikings. Okay, how about that? But, what? And, of course, you. Aww. Uh, on the Peterson thing, FIPA Fairness and Peterson Act, and this uh, also credit goes to uh, Brandon Molesky, uh, producer of the program, noon to three, ten to B, because I saw it via Twitter yesterday. He he put it out there on Adrian Peterson. Carson Palmer's arm break came on a play. Peterson missed a blitz pickup. Yeah. yeah, he missed a blitz pickup. Yeah, the guy runs right in there and breaks his quarterback's arm. So right. I mean, the and more things change, the more they stay the same. It's just the ways and means become rearranged. They uh, this this a whole offense now. I think Blaine Gabbert will be your starting quarterback this week. Yeah, that's and promising. That's uh, or next week after the compared bye. to Brett Hundley, looks like Joe Montana. Right, there's that. Uh, whole offense is in deep, deep trouble for the Cardinals in all probability. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's, right. it doesn't look good. Uh, thanks for not squeezing my sides. Uh, Packers guy, thanks for not punching me in the face. That's 9 to noon, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a witness? Into the um, uh, We are a show for the Rubes. When we come back, uh, the Burke Bowl was settled over the weekend, and a man who was at the game played for the Ravens and the Vikings and uh, has a lot to say about the world of football. Main man Matt Burke joins us from Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood. This is 9 to noon. You're listening to PA. Can I get a go Vikings? One, two, three, go Vikings! On the fan. KFAA. Buck Allen to the left of Joe Flacco out of the shotgun. Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks cheat to the line of scrimmage and they both come. Flacco flustered and sacked by Anthony Barr back at the 12-yard line. Anthony Barr buries Joe Flacco, and Sam Cook is in the punt. The Burke Bitch. Final hour of the football feast today, provided by Coors Light, the official beer sponsor of U.S. Bank Stadium. And uh, by the way, be the first to know breaking Vikings news, access video on demand, and get ticket alerts on your phone with the Minnesota Vikings app. 
Download today in the App Store and Google Play. Won a Super Bowl uh, with Baltimore. Came into the National Football League with Minnesota, St. Paul's finest. Uh, it's the Burke bit, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a witness for Matt Burke joining us at Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood? Thank you, thank you. What's up, Berkey? How are you? Uh, you were at the old Burke Bowl on Sunday. Came up to the Vox Box, joined us in the second quarter a little bit. Uh, Vikings got the money in the Burke Bowl overall. What did you think of the game? Uh, I thought it was a very solid performance, a very overwhelming performance by our defense. Uh, you know, offensively, I'd just like to see the running game get going. Yeah. Passing game was a little spotty, but... Uh, I had there were there were eight Burks there and uh, seven of them left very happy that the Vikings won. My my nine year old son is still in the dumps. He's a uh, diehard Ravens fan. Yeah. He's in a very very bad mood still. For wow. whom for whom were you rooting in the Burke Bowl? You 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 won a ring with the Ravens, but you came into the game with purple and gold. Yeah, no, I was uh, I, I was rooting for the Vikes. You know, I'm I'm born and raised Minnesotan. It's in uh-huh. my blood. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my four years in Baltimore for anything. Right. Not just because we won the Super Bowl. It's a great experience. But yeah, I'm a Vikes I'm a Vikes fan. I'm a uh, Vikes fan. Help me with this because you know more about football than I'll ever know. Vikings True. defense, incredibly well respected, looking like the best overall defense in the NFL. Off these games against Joe Flacco, your guy, your former battery mate, sadly, yards per attempt, 5.4 right now. It's just unbelievable how off things are, are with that passing game. Secondly, uh, Brett Hundley replacing Rodgers. Before that, Mitch Trubisky in his debut. So, I mean, like, how how – deeply can you analyze this off those games yeah i mean not 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 super deep but they're they're doing what they're supposed to do i was down i was on the sidelines for the first quarter and i was just really uh, impressed by how fast the vikings defense is playing i mean even when the receivers now I mean, baltimore is undermanned there's no question uh, on the offensive line from the receiver standpoint but even even when they are completing passes the dbs the linebackers they are they are tackling those guys immediately which just means everybody's playing fast everybody has confidence in what they're doing in the call, but also in everybody around them. You don't have to worry about anybody else or cover for anybody else. You can just you can just play fast and do your job. And it's yeah. it was it was it was imp- I mean it was it was impressive. Even though even though they're just uh, I mean the Vikings are just better and they were supposed to supposed to dominate Baltimore. That's still uh, it's still a professional football team. And, and and Joe Flacco is a is a championship quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk X's and O's with you as much as I want to talk about big league issues. You okay, work for the league. Is, is that all right? Now you, you managed to find. Yourself in a little bit of controversy in the last week or so. God, you're controversial. I don't think so. You don't think go so? Ahead. Oh no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, you at some point you addressed the stadium, right, and talked about standing for the anthem. And what was the reaction I that did. you got? Uh, I don't know if there's sixty-six thousand people there. It sounded about sixty-five thousand of them were cheering when I said yeah, it. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? That's what it felt like. Yeah. And, uh, then, and then and then there's there's ten. Thank you. And then I got, uh, you know, I've got, I've got 10, 10 digital critics on, on Twitter trashing me, but that's okay. That's okay. It's going to happen, right. right? That's yeah. going to happen. I mean, I, yeah, I, I hate minorities and women, and I'm for police brutality and all those things, apparently. <laughs> yes, you are. That's, yeah. Yes, that's you me. are. That's me. That's uh, me. So the, the, the gist of what you're, what you're saying is you think people ought to stand, right? And you think the NFL has handled this the right way or not? Well, so, so, it was at, so Greg asked me, well, what would you do if you were commissioner for a day? I said I'd eliminate offensive holding, play all the games on grass. And I said, I would like to see everybody stand for the anthem. Yeah. I didn't say I'd make, make anybody. Them. I didn't okay. say I'd force them. Uh, yeah. I just said, I would like to see that. Um, so, you know, that's point one to the, uh, to the Twitter trolls. You know, let's not, let's not perpetuate well, this okay. stereotype of fake news, okay? The, I said, I'd like to have, see everybody stand. The NBA makes their players stand. Which is fine. And nobody's talking about the NBA and well, giving the M- NBA's met a mandate to stand. Which is fine. Look, I, I think this whole thing... Um, I mean, I, I think you know every decent American is for improving our country. We we understand that 
you know, there are problems, there are issues. I just I don't think that this was a really well thought out tactic uh, has been executed real well from a from you know you you don't do something that's going to elicit a visceral response from people if you want to engage them in conversation mm -hmm. like like right away anybody who's offended by kneeling for the flag is not listening to anything you're saying because because you've just you've just made them very upset for whatever reason and and that's and that's their right that's their right to be upset so if you want to get dialogue going that's not the way to do it. I think also, you know, messaging from from the beginning of this has been has been poor. I mean, has 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 from which side? From 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 the player, player side, from, from the, the player president side. side, from the you know the NFL I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about the president. I'm talking okay. from, from from the player side. Yeah. I, I think it was it was very poor. It wasn't it could have been thought out better. Mm -hmm. um, but but people ask me, you know, well, why doesn't Colin Kaepernick have a job? You know, he's certainly talented enough to play in the NFL. Here's the thing that I don't think anybody's talked about is football at its very core. Football is the greatest team sport okay it requires everybody all 53 guys in that roster to be doing their job to just have a chance to have a chance and when you step on that field when you step into the facility or you step on the field it's all about the team and when you do something like that on the field i'm not saying you're doing it for yourself but you're pushing your agenda mm -hmm. on the field to play you're putting that in front of the team and that just kind of goes against the central belief of football and that's why I think, in my, my opinion, that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job because you need all 53 guys focused on that job. It just it, it, it kind of broke a cardinal rule of football. Yeah, and coaches and front offices are going to be reticent to bring somebody in who's not going the same direction as the, re the other 52 guys, yeah. right? Are, 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 are you all in or not? Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's what it takes. It takes 53 guys being all in to win a championship. Now, Colin says he'll stand. You know, at this point, he's ready to stand. Well, that's... So, I mean, you know, they look, we, in theory, I mean, that's off the table, right? You know? uh, yeah, it's, I, I think there are probably I, some, I, I, some I, owners I, that are like, well, maybe, or front office, I, maybe. Yeah, it might be. It might, be, it might be. I mean, I'm just, just being real. It might, it might be a little too late for that. You know, I mean, I think, I think it would mm -hmm. obviously be a, a huge story and a huge distraction. It's, it's gone on this long, yeah. so if he does get signed, it's, it, it's going to be a huge story. Do you think in any way for teams that have some players kneeling, some players standing, that that will cause a division where maybe it's not an overt outspoken division but you got um you know you got clicks in locker rooms pointing fingers at other people saying you know so and so from St. Paul via Harvard doesn't get it he, yeah he, he, he doesn't know my plight or or what we went through mm -hmm. so bleep him but he's part of our team, so we got to go out and play together well i mean you know on, on a team just zooming out for a second um there's so many different personalities, different things, differing opinions. I mean, all these things. You know, you're a family. You fight like family. So there's differences. I think the kneeling thing is sort of, in some ways, it's, 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 it's lost its shock value. And now, you know, guys have been doing it for a while. And on those teams, I'm sure there's been conversations, and they're in a good enough spot. Hey, maybe I don't agree with what you're doing. Maybe I hate what you're doing. But you know what? We're teammates, and we're here to do a job, mm -hmm. and we'll put, we'll put all that aside. Um, you know, at, at, listen, at, 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 at the end of the day, um, I think that players – 99% of players, 90% of fans, they just want to see football. I mean, that's yep. at, at the end of the day, so part of the reason we watch football is to kind of escape Get politics, right? right? And so, yeah. and so, and, and so now we're bringing politics into the game. And I say all that because owners, coaches, players, fans, everybody's in this thing together. You know what? Like, if, if viewership goes down, then they want, there's there's less money for players. There's less money for owners. When the NFLPA president Eric Winston comes out and says. Uh, players don't care if the NFL is not around in 20 years. You know, that's 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 troubling to me. I mean, I yeah. mean, to me, like, are, are we really thinking this through? Like, like, do we are, are we willing to, to as players are we willing to 
slit our own throats and, and, and just kind of say, you know, we don't care about the future. We don't care about future players or the future league. We're just going to do what we want to do right now. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a healthy attitude to have. So when the president tweeted about this and brought this out, it really Does expanded the profile. I know, hard he to does. believe. Uh, he expanded the whole profile of this conversation a lot, and it reached, you know, all, it reached a whole new level. Owners then locked arms with the players, went down on the field, and, and really took, the, I think, the players' side against Trump. And, I, I agree. Yeah, so, you know, do you, did A, should Trump be tweeting about this, and B, did the owners make the right response? Should Trump be tweeting about anything? Think, I think well, that might be that the might be be another better question. question. Yeah. Probably, probably not. Look, I think, look, why did Trump tweet about it, right? He, got, he galvanized his base, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the third of the people that love him, they love him even more. The third of the people in the middle don't care, and the third of the people that hate him, hate him. You yeah. know? No, should, should he be tweeting about it? I think there's probably... Uh, more important things he could be could be tweeting about. We seem to have enough yeah. enough issues. Um, what was the second part of your question? Uh, did the owners did the owners handle the response correctly in your I, mind? You know, I, I think so. I mean, owners have been receptive. The commissioner has been receptive. There's been mm -hmm. th there's been you know meetings with with players um, and and owners. There's been meetings. I mean, commissioner I, I read in in Philadelphia. I think he went with Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long, and they went and had a meeting with with the police department. Just and and, and that's where this has to start. It has to start with meaningful conversation and and, and dialogue. You know, people have to. Be willing to listen to other people's viewpoints. Have a discussion. I want to understand where you're coming from. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. Put egos and emotion aside. And that's why I talk about when you do something like kneeling for the anthem, you know, regardless of how I feel or how you feel, you're going to get a strong emotional response from people, and some people aren't going to listen. I just don't, I just don't think that's the way to get people to open up and, and, and to really make any, any progress. All right. I'm ready to change subjects. Let's do it. It's a little more fun. Gosh, it's you like played somber. You played here. offensive line for how many years? 15. 15. Jeez, 15 years. Know. What are your thoughts on Joe Thomas's streak of, of 10,363 plays? It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, a tribute to Joe, too. A lot of those snaps his team was losing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, almost all uh, of them. Yeah, I mean, Do you I, know him well? Uh, I don't. I don't. But, um, you know, Joe, I, Joe, I think, is, is a guy that probably is everything, everything that you'd hope for in an offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. Keeps his mouth shut, goes to work, plays at a high level, and, and just goes out there and plays, whether... Yeah. Whether they're uh, zero and sixteen or yeah. six and ten, is that's what I brought it up earlier. I, I've never met him, but I mean, I have so much respect for him from afar because having been around teams now for sixteen years, I mean, from the Love Boat situation where there was some derision and division in the locker room after that, three and thirteen teams, teams that uh, almost went to the Super Bowl, knowing you a Super Bowl winner, it is it, a, a lot goes into winning games, and if you're part of an organization. That goes 1-15, and 0-7 this year, never wins, keeps bungling the quarterback situation. That There are players who I don't want to say are going to tank or mail it in, but they're not going to be as focused on the job at hand. Or, 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 they're, or they're, you know, they're banged out and they say, I can't go this right. week when, yeah. when maybe they could. Thank you. It's, I have such a high level of respect for his, profession, his professionalism, his work ethic, and, and his competitive arrogance of wanting to beat somebody every single week no matter how good or bad the team is, you know? I think Joe's the guy, right? He's a, he's a, a, a farmer. He owns a farm in Ohio. He, <laughs> he rides his tractor. The, the day he was drafted, he knew he was going to be drafted you yeah. know, in the top three. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't go to New York. Right. Like, if you remember, he was, he was out fishing with his yeah. dad, yeah. and they got the phone call out on the boat. Like, that's, yeah. like, that's just Joe is who he is. Yeah. Um, just, just seems like real good people. I think people that 
us Minnesotans that you know that kind of stock yeah. that, that that we can appreciate. And, and it came and, up earlier on the show, you know, whether at age 33 off this injury should he ponder coming back. It's obviously a very personal decision, but the you know, the conversation went the way of okay, well, if he comes back, would he want to get traded to a team that's better than the Browns, which is basically every team in the NFL, or a team that has a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl? Where my gut feeling is, I don't think he'd want to. I mean, with that farm in Ohio and how how deeply rooted he is within that city and everything, he may have young kids. I mean, he's probably not going to want to just like get up and leave and be a mercenary. See, I'm I, I'm on the other side of it. I think he, I think, and you've you've won it. You've you you experienced. Uh, a fair amount of winning with the Vikings, then you won at the ultimate level with the Ravens. He's never had a winning season. I mean, it's, it's the amount of losing that that he has had over an 11-year career is staggering. Yeah. And, you know, I just wonder at some point, are you up for what... And they don't appear to be getting it right. I mean, it'd be one thing if, if the Browns right now are like a you know close to 500 team and the things are going the right direction. They're not. Yeah. Well, I, I think there was talk this offseason about him potentially. You know, the Browns kind of trading, trading him and playing yeah. for the future. And he said he didn't want to be traded. Did you he? know, I think I think he's Joe. Uh, yeah, I think he's good where he's at. He goes to work. He punches the clock. He, yeah. He does his thing. He's, he's the consummate pro. And then and, and and then he goes home. And I think you have to admire those guys. I mean, so often we hear about you know like we got this Martavius Bryant situation. Wanted to go somewhere, yeah. be used more. Joe's like. It's enough for me to put on this uniform. I think yeah. he's, he's formed a, a great bond with Cleveland. I think his personality fits that city, and I think he's good where he's at. Speaking of your uh, of the name Joe, your guy Joe Flacco. You know, I I, I know that you were quite close. Uh, you were quite close with him when you played there. I mean, he was your quarterback. You were the center. Uh, but I don't generally leave games kind of feeling bad for a situation. I feel bad for him. You know why? It's it's because I'm more reality football than fantasy football. I mean, I, I do every Friday with the identity of fantasy football, Paul Charchian, where quarterbacks like Joe Flacco and Eli Manning, they get disrespected too much for my liking during regular season because they don't do enough to, to qualify themselves, even as a Deshaun Watson or an Alex Smith this year or a Carson Wentz, you know, quarterbacks who haven't done anything at the highest level. Eli Manning, two-time two Super Bowl MVP. Your guy. Uh, the, the, the year you won the Super Bowl, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He has one fewer playoff win than Tom Brady. He has 10. Brady has 11. So I, I've always been a Flacco guy from That's afar. That's not right. Brady's got more than 11 playoff wins. Mm. He's got, yeah, he's got yeah. six, what, five yeah, rings. I, I'd have I mean, to look back at the number. He's got to play at least three Don't games. Don't let to the get facts get in the way of a good start. Yeah. Keep going. He was rolling. Maybe well, since oh. Joe got into the league, if that might since be Joe got in, maybe they have the yeah. same number that, or something that, like that, that. That might be it. But Flacco has. Uh, uh, no, he, you're right. He, he, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Listen, listen, in that game Sunday, if Aaron Rodgers is a healthy Aaron Rodgers is behind, in playing for Baltimore, yeah. he's probably completing 50% of his passes. If Tom Brady's playing for Baltimore, he's retired because, he, I mean, he got out <laughs> like, like, like that first sack when, when Joe, Joe Everson. Daniel was, Hunter. I mean, and Joe tried to escape. And Daniel hit him. I mean, the back of Joe's head hit the turf. Mm -hmm. Joe just gets up, flips the ball, jogs over. I mean, I, I kind of feel, I was feeling bad for Joe because I, I, cause I know him. And, and I'm watching him get, getting killed back there. Yeah. He never says anything. He just gets up, jogs off the field. And, and, and he's, you know. We he's we've had it going pretty good there, so you know what that feels like and what that looks like. Yeah, I mean that that squad that was out there, they're just they're just they're just undermanned. But it's in, such in every a sense. it's such a prideful organization with like John Harbaugh, Dean Pease, Ozzie Newsome. I just have a lot of respect for the Ravens, and to see your former team in tatters the way it is now it was just weird. Well, Joe Flacco last year was was trying to lead him down the field to to win the game and tore his ACL and just and stayed yeah. out there wow. and stayed out there and finished the drive. That's that, that, nuts. I mean, you talk about Joe Thomas. 
Joe Flacco's that kind of guy too, where it's just, it's all about the team. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go play, and uh, you know everybody else can can judge and, and and say whatever they want. And truthfully, I mean, Joe Flacco, and I doubt Joe Thomas much yeah. much cares. Matt Burke, ladies and gentlemen, for another segment. It's the Burke bit nine to noon. Be right back. You're listening to P A P A U L A L L E N. There are nine letters. There is a reason 33% of my name includes the letter L. On the fan. Giveaway time, 9 to noon. Morris Day and the Time will be at Mystic Lake Casino on New Year's Eve, and I got a pair of tickets for somebody right now. All you got to tell me is this. The Vikings sacked Joe Flacco five times on Sunday, beat him up bad. When Matt Burke won a Super Bowl following the 2012 season with the Baltimore Ravens, how many times in 2012 was Joe Flacco sacked? Get your internet search on. First person to give me that right answer, 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. Pair of tickets. Morris Day in the Time, New Year's Eve at Mystic Lake. Like the stars are night. Yeah, how many times was Joe Flacco sacked that Super Bowl winning season? Can I guess? Yeah. You're going to say zero because you were <laughs> no. a center. Oh, no, I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not a revisionist history guy. I it would, feels I, like six times a game, so whatever 16 times six is, I'd go that way. I'm going to say 36. 36 for the entire season. Okay, uh, we'll get we'll get the answer from uh, the producer coming up shortly. Once Joe, he... Joe's not the most mobile guy. Yeah, but he's, no. he slides coyly. Eh, a little bit. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, geezers. Uh, I like how you blamed it on him. He's not mobile. Well, enough. I mean, I just, you know, yeah, if you're you more know, mobile, you wouldn't have some I, exact, I, I, right? I blow out other yeah. people's candles so mine burns brighter. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, geezers were uniting at U.S. Bank Stadium Sunday. Uh, we had uh, your guy T. Sizzle, uh, Terrell Suggs, came into the NFL in 2003. He was the 10th overall pick. Terrence Newman, 2003 draft from Kansas State, 5th overall pick. This, uh, Kevin Williams was the ninth. He was supposed to be like the 6th overall pick that year, but I think he ended up going ninth because we kept missing our pick. <laughs> but, uh, but Kevin Williams was ninth. Yeah, that happened two years in a row, by the way. That's incredible. And, isn't it? and yeah, we're doing. You know, that that's when we used to do the Vikings draft party at the Field House at Winter Park. Yeah. And we had like three, four, five thousand people. None of us could figure uh, out how. Well, how come Byron Leftwich just went ahead of us? Well, how come Jordan Gross just went? <laughs> what's happening to our pick? It was just the weirdest it, it, set it, of circumstances. Had it ever happened before or since where a team missed uh, their I don't pick? Think so. I never. <laughs> no. And when I looked back at it too, the 2003 draft. By the way, speaking of antiquated things in the NFL. 15 minutes between picks. Yeah. I mean, I, what is it now? Like 10 maybe yeah, in the 10. first or something? Yeah. I mean, it was. Well, rich. they got to fit it into primetime now. Yeah, right? Right? You know, it's not an all-day event. Yeah. It's now I like it's the draft the way it is now. Yeah, it's, it's better. Let round one stand by itself, then do two and three, mm-hmm. and uh, then, you know, go rounds four, the, the Burke day, well, Saturday. Yeah, they, look, the NFL's <laughs> figured out they can monetize this thing. They oh, can stretch yeah. it out. Now they're shopping it to yeah. all the different cities, right, yeah. and seeing which city's going to give them the best deal. And, think- you know, now it's going to be in Texas. It's going to be at uh, Jerry's stadium yeah and i'm sure they got a great deal and a bunch of money and they've turned they've turned the draft into a monetizable event i think it's just a matter of time before the uh, unrestricted free agents uh, yeah that's right get there somehow yeah. broadcast yeah, on right. the internet or something yeah. hey uh burke bit uh did you bring that number 
What number? Working cell phone number for James Thrash with the NFL offices <laughs> so I can call him about this Sandejo thing that's transpiring. Is he doing the hearing? Is he, it James? Either he or, or Derek, Derek Brooks, Brooks yeah. one of the two, yeah. I mean, you you were the, you saw the hit? I mean, what? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was egregious. I don't know the the history if, if Sandejo has has a history. Because normally you, you, you're you're a repeat offender. Uh, right. I think normally if Vontez Perfect's not going to get the benefit of the doubt uh, at this stage. No, no. But I think, I mean, I thought when, 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 when I had that position a few years ago, I think it was the third the third time that you were that you were cited for a unnecessary roughness hit on defenseless player. That's yeah. that's when it became a, a suspension. So I was a little bit surprised when I when I heard that yesterday. Um, I got a couple of a couple of big picture things for you. Uh, Vikings are heading to London, obviously. What are your thoughts on the London games broadly? A potential London expansion team or a team relocating? They take the Chargers, not working in LA. We put them to London, whatever. Uh, do you do you, is this? Are we spinning our wheels on this? Are we making any traction? Do the people in Britain even care about this, or is it just you know a bunch of Viking fans fly over and fill a stadium? Yes. You know what do you what are your thoughts oh. on this whole London experiment hey, now and it's I, whatever seventh eighth year? I can tell you in 2013, and you know I chatted with somebody on a staff. I can't remember who it was. It was somebody on the Steelers or Viking staff who had been part of a Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 2013. And about the atmosphere when the teams were on the field at Wembley and then when they ran out of the tunnels, it was, I've never, outside of the 2009 NFC title game, maybe the, the pregame right before like the Favre game at Metrodome or the Cowboys playoff game at Met, I've never experienced anything like that Wembley morning. It, that place was on fire. No, I, 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 they have no problem selling out the games. I mean, the no, four games this year sold right? out in 10 minutes. I, right. don't, I don't know. And I mean that's like the billion dollar question is is is, is the country ready for, for yeah. their own franchise? Yeah. I don't know. I mean it takes time, right? It takes time to build a following like like You're soccer unbelievable. Here. The What's the that? answer to the Flacco bit, thirty five. You guessed thirty six sacks. Oh, he was sacked forty eight times after I left. Yeah, after you oh, left. Oh, about that. Funny. <laughs> um but no, your but, guess was 36, it was 35. You're an elite football mind. I'm and then you leave and he gets sacked almost 50 times. Actually, oh, my God. See, well, there was one sack. He was scrambled and it was a zero-yard game. Technically, it should have been a sack. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, should, go. should they put a franchise in London? <laughs> I mean, to me, there's just there's so many oh, logistical humps. Just right. from, from a competitive, and I'm looking at it from a player's standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't care if it's part-time, full-time in London. I think you're the travel um, family issues. I mean, as far as like attracting free agents, right. you know, to go, it's 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 a lot. Um, so I I I don't know. I I would say we're still a ways away from putting a franchise there if we do. Well, okay, let me throw this. This is a a potential solve. If you yes. if you really want to do it right, you really want to invest in it. Here's this has been suggested by a few people, and this is this starts to make more sense for me. You add not one team in London. You add a you add uh, eight. You add eight UK teams and put one in each division. What? And then oh, when, so let's just say hypothetically, you know, let's just say hypothetically, York is in the NFC North. Yeah, an now, extra team now. So we're talking about one extra team. One extra team so in every division. Forty teams now. Yeah. So now there's yeah. there's forty team league. We got forty ain't, teams. Ain't, ain't happening. A- probably not. The NCAA not. We tournament. We don't, we don't have thirty two starting quarterbacks. We can't. We can't get eight more. But Thank go you. ahead. Keep. I like well, this. Keep but, going. But yeah. The idea would be, and they could do this if even if you even if you even if you did it at a smaller level. The idea would be you would go over and play numerous games there. So, you know, the Vikings would come over and they would play, you know, a series of games in in the UK and then fly back. Players players wouldn't like that just because now now I'm going on the road for 3, three weeks, weeks and I'm out yep. of my routine and away from my right. family and my bed and my food and 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 all that stuff. I mean, 
I mean, I, you know, again, it, I mean, I, I love conversations like this. I was yeah, part of a lot of them. Yeah, because well, yeah, you're trying to kind of figure out this, this unsolvable, uh, unsolvable puzzle. But I do think the, the bigger question is, is, does England want NFL teams? or is, 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 it, is it just a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? The football dimension is kicking in. Is, Piccadilly is Square. A, a novelty. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, oh, hey, we go to yeah. the games. It's fun. We tailgate. We do this and that. Or, right. or is it somewhere there's, I mean, I, I know there are some hardcore football fans there with TV yeah. and internet you know they're 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 educated fans they're not just going to games and you know like well, i go to a soccer game i don't know what's going on i know right. there's smart football fans over there but mm-hmm. you know they've got soccer you've got rugby those are the the two big sports you over have there. cricket cricket i don't i don't think you know you're going to be cracking the top three as far as on, on the sports landscape in England. yeah all right I, uh, plus I, I don't want to put more people through the anxiety through which i'm suffering right now worried about cell phone uh, adapters in england i mean that <laughs> and, and the, the metric system Last time I was in London, the biggest L I took was not being able to charge my phone for a day and a half because of the because of the weird adapter bit. They do. It was aggressive. Good thing you made it. I mean, we're we're happy you made it back. I know. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell is uh, been they've been sitting on the final stages, like just to sign off on his big contract extension. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something in the neighborhood of five years, fifty million dollars in that ballpark. Not enough. It's not. It's not trivial. It's not what, enough. What are your thoughts on on Goodell as a commissioner, and then the prospects of extending him again another five years? So this is a guy when he you know when he walks up and greets everybody at the draft. It's yeah. just raining booze down. Ah, that's just like become you know? that thing now. You yeah. know, it's like it's like um, just for fun. Like people go to wrestling matches and you boo Bobby the bag, Bobby the Brain, Bobby Heenum, the Brain Heenum, Jimmy Heenum. Hart. Uh, okay, so I don't think you can you can dispute the growth that the NFL has mm-hmm. experienced under. His commissionership, whether it's due to him or just you know the market or, or whatever it is, fantasy I mean, football, fantasy fo- <laughs> certainly fantasy it's football, it's a lot, a big part of it. I I am a fan of the commissioner. I've said this many times. And when when 06, when he took over and I was a player, um, it was almost impossible to get suspended. Yes, as a that's player. right. And he came in and guys were getting DUIs and all of a sudden they're they're out a game or two and everyone's kind of saying, "What the heck?" And he said, right. "No, this is a this is a privilege. It's not a right. You know, yeah. We we have standards." And so to me. I mean, I 100% agree with that. So, I mean, I, I, I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, I mean, he's great for the league. I, I know the man. I know he cares about the game first and foremost. So I would say extend him as long as he wants to be commissioner because he's, I mean, there, there's a guy. He's, he, wears, you know, he wears NFL underwear. But I mean, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm good right here. Well, how long you got to wait? Huh? I, I, I can't take that job. I got too many kids at home, man. I got to pack. I got to pack lunches and pick yeah, up kids teen- at three thirty. Yeah, they'll be teenagers sooner or later. Not not for a while. I got two one year olds, man. It's gonna be a long time. Yeah, man, you got eight kids. Uh-huh. Holy cow! I'm trying Do to get, you- I'm trying to get a part time radio gig right now. You Should. Got one. Should the commissioner get out of the middle of player discipline? Now, to your point, you're exactly right. This is a thug league before he came in. Now he's that's largely changed, but the big area of acrimony with the players mostly is him being the judge, jury, executioner, yeah. and also the person that you have to go back to if you appeal and everything else yeah. that's involved in the player discipline process. Should he just step out of that and hand that off to a neutral third party? There should be. I, I don't think he should get out of it completely because I think that's his job is is to be the keeper of the shield. But there should be a, a committee in place. I think they're trying to start to do it. I pitched it four years ago. You know, have a committee of people who, who you trust, who are smart, who are accomplished, who go in and, and, and kind of be, investigate, vet the situation, and make recommendations. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a committee that's agreed upon by the NFL and the NFLPA, and then they make a recommendation. 
But yes, no, the commissioner does. I think the commissioner does have to have final say. Uh, we ain't going to lose this weekend, right? I mean, because the, the London no. the, the London experiment this week, uh, this season. I mean, you got Miami getting killed. Uh, Shut out. Yeah, your Ravens got killed. Forty-four nothing at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Almost gave up fifty to the Jags. And recently, I mean, I know Carson Palmer broke his arm, but like Arizona just got shut out. Thirty-three nothing. Yeah. No. So man. so so maybe England won't want football after this. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. If we if we smoke the Browns, they're going to say these <laughs> yeah. games are horrible. Yeah. Why, why are yeah. we going to this? They're going to think we're like the Crystal Palace of the NFL. Holy cow! Uh, thank you for coming by. There's no way we lose. Thank you. Burke bit, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Burke. The Burke bit. Two of my very favorite segments each and every week. Love uh, having Matt Burke nine to noon. Uh, we have a special guest in our final segment to mix up the conversation a little bit. Uh, we will tell you who that is when we return to Buffalo Wild Wings Maplewood at nine to noon. You're listening to PA. So I see Paul, and of course, sure. you know, my heart melts, and 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 everything, every other part of me melts. Right. On the fan. I can't wait. PA and charge. Cause tomorrow, my All right, Maplewood. Well uh, thank you for coming out to the uh, Tuesday feast. Uh, PA in charge, Buffalo Wild Wings, Maplewood. It's our final segment, and um, a long-standing member of the Love Covenant, and a uh, dear friend of mine has stopped by. Out of nowhere, unannounced, he's my main man. If he stops by, then he gets to bang on the microphone and eventually talk into it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lavelle Neal Wobble Wobble. Can I get a witness for Wobble Wobble? Hello, everybody. Wobble. It's not Bears week, so they'll, they'll clap for hey, you. What the hell? Where's that jackass Packers fan that was talking crap about the Bears being back no, for 10 he's, years? He's back where's he at? No, hey, he's gone. Look, he left. He left. Uh, he needs to worry about November 12th at Soldier Field, my friend, when Brent Huntley comes in and plays against that defense and is now kicking everybody's ass. Are you, call, oh are you calling your shot? You gonna, awesome. Are you going to pass the Packers in the division? Uh, the Packers will be the caboose of the NFC North train by the end of the year. Can I get a witness right here now? For once, we're all on the oh, same page. It is so that? great having a reputable football team with the best defense in the NFL atop the division, mm-hmm. hearing Bears and Packers fans squabble. Oh, my God, is this great. How long have we waited for this, Rube Nation? Uh, you slow your roll a little bit, too, my friend. You, got three, about? you got three consecutive roll games. You run up against some good quarterback com- uh, competition oh. here. We already whooped your team's ass, so I guess we'll just move on to a... Well, well we were supposed to suck, suck this year, so that's not a surprise. Uh, well, what's your? you don't have a winning record, do you? We're three and four. Three okay. and four. But they've won two games with a quarterback who has completed right. a combined be so pompous? ten passes. I'm giving your team love on the how radio do you, yesterday. How do you even do that? Excited to have you stop by here today um, and and to credit your team. And then now you just come in talking a bunch of trash. I'm just talking. I'm just being realistic here. Season's a journey, man. Right now you guys are living large. And it looks looks pretty good. You got Case Keenum as your quarterback. Right. So you can't feel totally comfortable. Oh, do right? you feel totally comfortable in your quarterback? Our quarterback is in diapers right now. We're still trying to cultivate this young man. He throws eight times a game. I understand that. This is this is a this is a process. We're respecting the process in Chicago. Yeah, you sure are. It's right. it's, it's it's an amazing process but, in which your quarterback never throws a pass. But Joe, Joe that's, Fox, your, that's how you're getting him as a better passer. Brilliant. We're gonna let him never throw. But John Fox has got to take the training wheels off and let the guy brilliant. throw. They do. Oh, it's on. ridiculous. Now you know he's coaching for his job. So now he's playing a super conservative offense when he's running yeah. the ball 35 times and dropping back 12. And it, how what's the kid going to learn doing that? Yeah, you're nothing. I That's problems the problem. With that. You should have a problem but with that. But now Fox is the three and four. I'm sure the Bears are like, well, if we could upset New Orleans and then we got the Aaron rodgers list Packers after the bye, we could be five and four. And yeah. Uh, yeah, which is perfect. You keep which, a coach around nobody wants and you ruin right. your draft pick. Exactly. <laughs> I, That's great. 
I, I'm not on this. I want, I want to see my quarterback develop. Yeah, it's, it's not happening the way they're using him right now. It's, it's baffling. And actually, he's, I, think he's, I think there's real talent there, and I think he can develop. I, do, I like taking it slowly. Clearly, the plan was for him to hopefully not play much or at all this year. But Mike Lennon was so bad, it forced everybody's hand early. Yeah. yeah. The other problem is, too, is that we have no receivers. Tariq Cohen is, is the only guy who can get open. And that's a problem. Yeah, when, when you're running, you're, when you're running back is the only game to get open. So Zach, Zach Miller's done a little something in the past three or four weeks, but that's it. You've seen the fantasy it, numbers. I've seen the fantasy numbers. He's 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 a plausible starter. Speaking of uh, Jerry Cohen, it can be argued off that Ravens game. He throws a better spiral than, than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> we don't know because Mitch doesn't throw. No, he doesn't, that's a good point. It's, it's, it's just mean, it's all subjective. I, right I will now. say this: last Sunday was the first time. That I saw the Bears defense play like it did when Erlacher and Briggs were playing linebacker. Come on. Why don't you just it, compare it to the 85 Bears, Wilson and Singletary? I'm out, let's go. I might as well go there then. This, it was a, it was a uh, suffocating performance by the defense. Of course it was. Very encouraging. Right. Uh, Eddie Jackson, the fourth-round pick out of Alabama, there may be the steal of the draft. Of course. Uh, you guys, your defense has been shockingly good, especially when you consider the decimation that took place at the second level, the linebacker yeah. level. Pretty good right. against Case when he went 17 of 21 on that D. Uh, it's uh, still... <laughs> What in case for what? One we were starting an outside game. linebacker, a middle linebacker, trying to get everybody lined up, and it just wasn't working. It, it was a disaster. <laughs> Can't argue. Yeah, yeah. The, the Vic, I've said it many times. Vic Fangio is the best defensive coordinator in football. Really? Period. End of story. I'm okay. still not used to a three-four, but he does a good job with it. It's hey, look, it, you know what they what he does with so little talent right. is ridiculous. And you know this is a Bears defense that is that is know, like top ten versus the run and pass right now. It's it's good. I don't subscribe to pro, pro football focus. Can you look up uh, numbers on teams that throw to a certain side of the field because of the uh, uh, the opposing mm, team's corner? I think that's uh, I think they do that stuff, but they don't make that available. Yeah, to we regular oh, we call people. that roads closed. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. too bad because someone was making a point that they're not throwing a Prince on Mukamara's side. I, I like, think that's true. Wow, that's yeah. shocking. Uh, not the Prince of Mu- <laughs> Prince of Mukamara is not Xavier Rhodes, well, he, but he is a good, he's, he's a even, good, competent corner. He's having the Prince he was five years ago. You know, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe uh, when he played us, he was a pauper. <laughs> I like that. Nicely <laughs> done. Wobble wobble. Uh, World. Uh, the fan has learned the World Series begins this evening uh, in Los Angeles. Chavez Ravine uh, with a. Uh, this is a five o'clock Pacific game. Yes. So I'm sure it's going to be really easy to get into and out of this stadium <laughs> in Los Angeles. First pitch. At least people will handle it well. It's like a hundred degrees. hundred and one is going to be the, the first pitch. Wow. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Keuchel and Kershaw. Is the uh, over under five? I don't know. It depends. It's got to be seven at the highest. It depends how these managers want to play it. Are they going to stick ride their horse into the late innings, or are they going to panic at the first sign of trouble? Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, um, Dave Roberts can go to Kenton Maida right away yeah. if, if Kershaw gets into trouble, and he can go one or, one time, two times through the order himself. It, uh, you, He's you, got the stabilizing factor. You're there. an elite baseball mind. Was it? Um, it was an elite organizational move going from Mattingly to Roberts, right? I mean, it, it galvanized something within the super talented team, right? The Dodgers were coming off a 92-win season. I think they had made three consecutive playoffs. Yeah. And they canned Mattingly to go with Roberts. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, gu- that's a gutsy move. Yeah. But look what it's paid off. They won, what, 102, 105 games this year? Um, you've got to have the vision to see – uh, how a team could take the next level with someone else running the show. Right. And I guess they're able to find that with Roberts. Uh, as you know, I hate the Yankees. I hate everything about the Yankees, yeah, but I get the feeling they're, they're, th- they're going to be good for a long time. Yeah, you're right. Here's the thing. I, hate I know it. People are going to say, 
gonna think I'm talking crazy here, but the Yankees have been slowly kind of paring down their payroll the last few years. They can go, they can go deep now. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And sign a, a couple of elite free agents over the next couple of years, like Bryce right. Harper or Manny Machado. Machado uh, to put that think thing, about, think about the that. bad boy over the top. So I'll just never get your disdain for the Yankees. And and why? Well, it's because I'd be very happy to articulate it. Well, it's because you are an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You are a capitalist. Yeah. And a multimillionaire. And that's how the Yankees operate. They the system is what it is, and you, you, I just don't think you can begrudge the team because, yes, network provides it markedly more money than the rest of the teams in, in Major League Baseball. I am a, at my core, I am all about an even playing field. Fair play, same opportunity for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's not the case in baseball. Really? The Yankees well, have... Well, ball, you guys don't want to give Roto World a chance. You like to bury it. <laughs> On, the, on an even playing field. Okay. On an even playing field, it's all great. If consumers want to choose to come to Fanball yeah. instead of Roto World, great. Okay. That's, we want to beat them on a fair, even playing field. Okay. Baseball does not provide one, and the Yankees are the epitome of what's wrong with that. There's been some rumblings in baseball the last few years that the, the smaller market teams are about to revolt again against the bigger market they teams should. over the local television uh, packages that mm-hmm. uh, each, each city gets. Like The Yankees is astronomical compared yeah. to the Twins. And you know, the, 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 NFL, twins, the, the twins TV package is is it competitive? Is it like bottom of the league or what? Bottom third, I believe. It's bottom third. Yes. Damn. Uh, in, in the NFL, their their model has everybody's uh, local TV revenue goes in the same pot and mm-hmm. is split thirty two ways. And yeah. I think that's what some owners w- want to happen in baseball. Um, but the, of course, uh, the Dodgers and the Yankees are going to try to protect their payroll. Well, yeah, of course, not. protect protect, yeah. protect their revenue stream at all costs. But yeah. I think that's going to be the next battlefield here going into the next uh, CBA. And you know, frankly, it should be. And I think that would you know that will go uh, along. If you're going to have an uncapped marketplace, yeah, then you need to be able to even out the re- the revenue between the teams. Well, yeah, but I mean, this this could be this, this could be kill the proverbial killing the golden goose. I mean, because if you are the owners of the Twins or the Athletics or the Royals or whomever, yeah. And you are getting tens of millions. You're profiting because of what the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox mm-hmm. and the Cubs and or White Sox, what those bigger markets bring in. You may not like it because they can better maneuver for better players than you can until you get that check for like $19 million for the revenue sharing, you know? Well, let's see how let's, – let's look at this year, for example. Um, the top four media markets made the World Series. Yeah. The Final Four, I mean. Yep. The Final Four yep. were the top four media markets. Yep. and. While it's great for the league, you know, but it also kind of shakes up the other markets thinking, uh-oh, are we getting back to this now where the rich are going to be able to dominate and the poor are going to struggle? Right. I liked it before because the, NF- the AL Central had someone in the World Series for three consecutive years. It was the Royals when they lost, the Royals when they won, and Cleveland last year. Yeah. And, uh, but now that, couldn't, that didn't work out this year. Yeah, and, you know, th- to be clear about this, it's not that small market teams cannot win and cannot succeed. It, but we'll say small money, too, says small market. Yeah, right, small money. You. Yeah, that yeah. might be a better way to put We're it. We're not small, small market. Money. Well, no, we're medium market, we're small and, money. and we have an extremely wealthy owner. Um, but the the margin for error is so slight. If um, if you are a if you're I don't know Pittsburgh, um, you know, you've got to get everything's got to align. You've got your young players that you invest in have to be good before they leave your team, and you know you have to be able to try to keep them for as long as you can. Where and you don't have unlimited free agency dollars to just go spend to fix things that go wrong. Right, so either through injury or you miscalculate on a guy or whatever, you can't just spend your way out of it. Where if you're the Yankees, 
you're going to develop your own guys. You have more money for scouting, so your scouting's better. You've got more money money for coaching, and so you can develop your players better. And then if they still don't work out, then you can just spend your way out of it by going and get a high-priced free agent. Right. Because yeah, the Yankees right now have Jacoby Ellsbury. The skeletal remains of Jacoby Ellsbury Damn. is on the Yankees roster right now, making $20 million a year, I believe, something like that, or 18. You know, if he was a twin... How, what type of backlash would the fan base be beyond uh, Carl, uh, uh, Jim Polad's back for signing such a terrible contract? Yeah, In New York, it's no big deal. Yeah, it isn't. That's you know, it's, it's easy, easy you know, money. It's going to be interesting. I, I remember when uh, the Bucks and them and Sano were both approaching the majors. I had an agent come up to me and say, "How are the Twins going to be able to afford both these guys at once when they, when once they yeah. get six years in?" You know, if, if Buxton becomes a player that everybody thinks he's going to be. And it looks like he's trending yeah. that way. And if Sano can keep his weight down and become the player everybody thinks he can't be, you're going to have two dudes that are going to be worth 25 to $30 million yeah. a year. Then what? Yeah, so the Twins are going to have to choose between one or the other, right? No, that's the problem. They shouldn't have to. You know, they shouldn't have to make that decision. You finally go through. You Come do on. everything right. You do everything right. You develop these players, and they're finally really good. And then because you're the 13th biggest media market, hey. you have to let, I, I still, only sign one. I still like to think that it comes down to good baseball decisions. You can overcome the whole money thing by making good baseball decisions. Yeah, but you, gotta, ha- you have to get it all right. Having a decent flow of prospects coming up every, uh, every year and be able to make the right free agent moves to kind of supplement the, the, the guys in your, in your farm system. Are those within the scribe covenant just praising Sports Illustrated guy who in 2014 predicted the Astros would win the World Series in 2017. That was awesome. But what, what Unbelievable. About, you know about this? No. There's somebody who wrote a grandiose big story on the awful Houston Astros, but the respect the process bit in 2014. Yeah, yeah. Saying, well, they lost 100 games saying, or something. In 2017, I'm telling yeah. you, this team's going to win the World Series. Yeah, my, my head wants me to pick the Dodgers to win the, the World Series, but I would really like to see the Astros win. Same. Just because they went where few owners dare to go. Which to tear down their roster, scorch their own earth, right. and rebuild from the ashes. Yeah. And they, they lost three consecutive, they lost 100 games in three consecutive years. Jeez. Their TV ratings, they registered 0.0 ratings for some of their television wow. games. I told him <laughs> earlier, I, I thought it was one. one. Yeah, no, it was 0.0. <laughs> oh Go my God. For some of their games. And now they've gone from there to putting together this team with amazing young talent. Yeah. And they got to the point, they started the process where. They got close, and they could make a trade to have a Justin Verlander come in yeah. and put them over the top. You know, the Twins have to get to that point now where they start the ball rolling yeah. from a transaction standpoint, making a couple moves here and there that lead to other moves, lead to other moves, so they can one day be in a position where they can land a big stud to put them over the top. The uh, the Dodgers have been spectacular in the postseason after struggling uh, with the uh, Diamondbacks during the course of the regular season, dispatched of them in quick order. And um, Dodgers, said squad led by uh, Clayton Kershaw, rolling right now. Houston with your guy Altuve. I mean, this uh, this is a highly anticipated World Series, in my opinion, nationally. I think it's going to be terrific. Who do you like and why? Yeah, uh, like I said, if, I, if we were in Vegas, and uh, you and I have been on the wrong, we've taken our L's in Vegas through the years. I think we haven't? <laughs> yeah, uh, but in Vegas, I probably would bet on the Dodgers. In the series? In the series. Yeah, but minus 160 or 70. Houston is not going to, Houston's going to be a very tough out, starting with Justin Verlander, who is at the height of his powers right now. Yeah. He's back to throwing in the upper 90s. Uh, he's got the hell of five breaking ball. Yeah. And then you got Dallas Keiko, 
who is just hell on right-handed hitters. I, I just I, I like those matchups for, for, for Houston in the first two games. If they can still win in these games, my only, my only concern about Houston is this. The three games that they pitched in New York and the bullpen just imploded each game. Yeah. Uh, is that going to happen when they pitch in Dodger Stadium? Well, unless it's McCullers throwing 25 consecutive curveballs, which was unbelievable in Game 7. 28. Was it 28? Yes. And, and it was untouchable. He threw a curveball 47% of the time during the regular season, which I think was the most, the largest curveball usage in the league. Thanks for coming by, okay? Uh, good luck to your squad. Have a safe flight out there. Are you watching the soccer game Saturday? Hell no. Why not? Uh, oh, I might be at the pitch to see Arsenal action, actually. If I am, I'll let you know. Take a picture, please. I got to go. Gobble. Hey, wobble it, ladies and gentlemen. Arsenal sucks. Why are you going to watch an Arsenal game? Because Crystal Palace wasn't available. Paul Charchian, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Jared Wells, Nordo, back at the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios. Promotion staff, I'm Paul Allen. Talk to you guys, uh, I think, November 10th, Buffalo Wild Wings, Plymouth. Thank you. That's 9 to noon. Got to go. Bye-bye. PA and Charge. If it's good news or money, leave a message. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen channel on the iHeartRadio app or go to KFAN.com.